Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Tabua. Tabua. Aoub. <laughs> what about Aoub? Zafula. Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? There's local politics, bud. Don't go over the rules. It'll take forever. Let's just get to the draft. Let's get to pumping. I got a little taco meat on my chest. It's going to be fine. We, we, in the, we in the thick. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm going to be screaming, too. Like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? <laughs> I am. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Hi, right, welcome in to a Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. Coming to you today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. We are on 125930, also online, PR927FM.com. And you can watch the show on Facebook Live and YouTube and be a part of today's show as we head into July 4th, our last live show here uh, for a while. We'll be back with you coming up on july the 11th live so your last opportunity uh, if you want to jump in and be a part of today's program for a while today uh, check us out on facebook live and on youtube also uh, via twitter as well you can chime in on uh, what's on your mind and uh, in the world of sports and otherwise coming up on the program we'll uh, check in with billy weaver here in about five or ten minutes give him a call he'll join us on the program malcolm gray if you're not early you're late and uh, he is early he's going to join us here hour number one malcolm good to see you man good seeing you brother thanks for having me on your name you're, you've been in the uh in the news sometimes that's a bad thing but in this case it's a good thing malcolm so. yeah apparently so yeah that's what people tell me <laughs> well uh we'll talk about some exciting awesome news from malcolm gray and uh Malcolm, I haven't really had you on to talk uh, Major League Baseball this year, so we'll we'll do a little bit of that, too. Okay. I haven't been really watching. I've been kind of busy, but yeah, let's do it. Well, you've been doing it. Well, we'll talk about that in a moment. Uh, Malcolm Gray here uh, for hour number one, hour two. Tony Dunn, CarolinaCatChronicles.com. We'll talk NFL. Also, Tony, we do our um, anger management rage room session on Thursdays, but Tony said he, he wanted us to to allow him to rage a little bit he's got uh, something going on at his home so we're going to talk about that coming up uh, in the four o'clock hour at five o'clock voice of dowdy ficklin stadium and Menji's coliseum morgan aylers will join us also mark greenhelge golf shop radio show and brian north so we're guest heavy here but also uh, have time to just hang out with the boys because shirley's gone and now we can uh we can throw trash all over the place and there's no rules. Uh, Shirley's not here. Chandler filling in on audio production. Hello, Chandler. What's up, Clipper? Let's let loose, baby. Shirley's let, gone. Letting loose. CJ's here as well. What's Hello, up? CJ. What's up, Clip? How are you? Good. Just the guys, you know, just just the guys just hanging the out. Guys Friday. That's right. Just like hand like down the pants, drinking a beer. We're in our oh. underwear. Totally in our. Is that what guys do? I mean, when I'm at the house by myself. <laughs> okay. All right. Good enough. Uh, Malcolm, you can keep your clothes on if you'd like. I think people would like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, we do have, we got to take care of some business. There's not much going on on the ECU front. We'll talk conference realignment at some point during this three hours. But uh, big question. Have you been followed by any celebrities lately? No luck, dude. Me neither. No I did not get followed, but I got a retweet from a celebrity who I was not looking to get. Nah, that doesn't count. Yeah, it wasn't part of the game. So, Malcolm, we're playing a very cringy game uh, where we give each other people to follow 
uh every day like celebrities and we have to beg them for a follow and we're going to keep playing until somebody finally gets a follow that's interesting i like that so uh we have been begging for a week now we look like weirdos on twitter complete and utter weirdos and uh that's the the fun part of the game so shirley's not here so we'll just do a triangle here today on uh and chandler i do have somebody i need i want you to ask for a follow from okay let me pull up his name uh his name is your name his name is chandler his last name is riggs better known as the kid from the walking dead okay so the kid from the walking dead chandler riggs you can say hey man uh i'm I never got... watched that show in my life. <laughs> <laughs> we well, got the same last name, first name. Yeah, yeah. There, there you go. go. Uh, his name is uh, was Carl on the show. Coral. His dad kept calling him. Did anybody watch Walking Dead in here? No shot. Uh, CJ. Dang. All right. I watched it and then realized it was the same episode over and over and over <laughs> again. I was like, okay, I'm kind of tired of this show. So Chandler, you're gonna follow Chandler Riggs and try to get a follow. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All right. So. You go to CJ, right? Yes. And CJ will go to me. All right, CJ. I know you posted on your uh, Snapchat story of this dude. Have not a clue who this dude is, but you do. Good luck trying to follow or get a follow from JID. So have at it. I know JYD, Junkyard Dog well, from the 80s. Who yeah. is JID? He's a rapper. The uh, the guy I got a retweet from was a rapper. So Chandler was asking me rappers I'm into. All right. I call him Jid. He calls himself Jid as well. Okay, Jid. Good luck with Jid. All right, who do I have to ask for a follow from? Um, I was actually, I don't know why, I was planning this for Chandler, but it works for you too. It's a Hornet that was drafted a few years ago by you guys. It's Frank Kaminsky. Oh, boy. Oh, I like that. Is that the Wisconsin guy? Yeah. 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 Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. Frank the Tank. Who is now with the Suns? Can I even fake say, hey, Frank, big fan? Like, I don't even know if my fingers will allow me to type that. Hey, I'll Frank. do it for you. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> hey, Frank. Big fan. I had a mustache like you once. All right. Frank Kaminsky. Gross. All right. That'll be my uh, my follow for today. What does the winner get? Nothing. 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 It's just a Not a thing. You get, a, you get that follow. You get that the, follow. Yeah, and then next thing you know, you're going to blow up and you're going to be all over the place. That's right. You get the fame that comes with being followed by the kid from The Walking Dead or Frank Kaminsky or Jid. Or Jid. <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm's a big Jid guy. All right. So uh, good luck. And I guess we'll get a week off from this and we'll have to bring it back in, in mid-July. So unless we get a follow first. My, right now, I've sent follow requests, Malcolm, out to Billy Ocean. Uh, old singer oh, also yeah. evangeline lily kate from lost i don't know if you ever watched that Never show watched that one and the third was we all sent one to jim ross from wwe AEW. right and then um who's my third oh i got it started with lisa loeb <laughs> the whole thing started because sergeant slaughter followed me but turns out he follows everybody oh. so it's not that cool and I was like, you know what? I'm on a – oh, and Ron Hunter, the uh, coach from Tulane, basketball coach, he followed me over the weekend too. So I was like, man, I'm on a hot streak. Lisa Lowe. And I was like – and I just picked the most random person, and that song came to mind. Was that uh, – You say. say? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm over right now, as is everyone else, in uh, in getting follows. All right, Chandler, uh, give Billy a Weaver a call. Billy Weaver a call. You got it. And we'll, uh, we'll get him on the program. We'll talk to Malcolm Gray later on but while you're here malcolm uh man huge week for you you are now 
uh top dog media relations out at east carolina you have been here a long time and not just at ecu but as we were talking about earlier this week greenville guy greenville rose guy so yeah. you're uh if we sliced your arm malcolm you'd probably have some purple blood right uh, out of good it. chance <laughs> probably like 99 chance yeah how did uh how'd that whole process go as far as you uh getting that job it was uh it was it was weird it was long um i literally interviewed the uh, sat, uh excuse me the monday after the super regional was over with so i got home and got to bed around 5 15 in the morning and at the office at 8 45 had a had an interview monday afternoon 3 30 kind of got told that uh, there's a good chance this is going to happen and then you know you have to go through all the hr paperwork and stuff like that uh, i had to resign my current job to get the new job it's just it's just really weird but uh it just kind of fell into place and you know i'm happy i'm ecstatic um it's gonna it's gonna be a fun ride and i'm ready to get going we're happy too man not only uh just because you know we're consider you a buddy of mine yeah, but also because you do an awesome job and i have told people if they're not and and troy and a lot of people can attest to this uh hang out with malcolm and work malcolm or you know you really separate the personal from the work i do i really do and, and, you, and you i have, reckon, you have to do that you do and i recognize it so if i see you in a work environment i do not say the stuff i'll say to you when i see you in this environment uh, and, i would appreciate that <laughs> there you go uh but we'll talk more about that with malcolm gray another guy who has uh worked with you and a buddy of yours billy weaver joining us on the pirate radio live line weave how you doing on this friday man doing good guys uh congratulations malcolm good job man i, I appreciate it billy thank you and uh spe- one, one of the best in the business for sure well i definitely appreciate that comment thank you speaking of new gigs weave uh i don't know you got any news for us today no not yet not officially thank okay. you Clip. <laughs> these, are things, these are things that you talk about in the pre-show meeting i was talking about you returning to the fifth quarter are you going to be back with us this year yeah, actually we are. Going to be back for the fifth quarter. That's going to be a whole lot of fun. There's big news for you, so mark that down, folks. Another year of weave on the fifth quarter. That is big news. Uh, I can't wait, man. I, I've already had a bunch of people um, talk to me about uh, being ex- super excited about the uh, first game of the season. Uh, I don't know anybody that's really excited about the game time, but you know what? When that When that game day comes around, it doesn't matter if they play it. Eight o'clock in the morning, man. That's going to be an incredible atmosphere at Dowdy Ficklin. Well, I know I might can name a couple people that don't mind the game time myself, uh, so I could maybe watch some football that night. And then people working like Malcolm Gray. Absolutely, I'm down with that. <laughs> Which is weird, I, man. If you'd have talked to me 20 years ago, I would have absolutely hated the kickoff time. But now that I'm like, that's a work day for me. I bring on the nooners. Bring on 11 or 10 a.m. Let's do it. Let's go early morning. But uh, but no, I get your point, Weave. Yeah, when I was in uh, in television, that would have been absolutely incredible. We we used to love the three thirty games were the worst for us. A lot of people like those three thirty games, but for TV guys and for I don't know about newspaper guys and all that, but with with uh, us having a six and eleven o'clock show, that six o'clock show, which is your big show, um, it, it always was a tough deal with the three thirty start. So I liked either the noon starts. Or like a 6.30 start was always really good, too. Uh, we never really got many of those. But 6.30, 7 o'clock, or, or noon were good. The 3.30 were the terrible start. Billy, we were joining us. Malcolm Gray in studio. Guys, we were talking wide receivers this week. Steven Igo and I previewing the 
position groups uh, for ECU football 2022. We talk receivers this week. And also when we do that, we talk about our favorites from the past. And mine uh, is pretty easy. Uh, Dwayne Harris, my all-time favorite football player, happens to be a wide receiver as well. Uh, but he was uh, was brought up a lot. Of course, Zay Jones, Justin Hardy, going back, you had the guys of the 90s, Larry Shannon, Clayton Driver, um, Troy Smith, guys like that. Uh, and then Andre Allison, Lance Lewis. I mean, there, there's been a million of them and uh, a lot of good ones. So I'll start with you, Weave. Uh, when you think about all-time favorite wide receivers, uh, who's on your list? Yeah, I, I, for some reason, and I don't know why, Marcellus Harris comes to mind. Hmm. Um, a lot of people remember, you know, because when I first got to, to WITN, it was 1999. That was the David Garrard, Leonard Henry, uh, all those guys. And I just remember he was, I don't know, something about him was just he always knew how to get open deep. Uh, and I just remember moon balls thrown by David Garrard, you know, some of the highest, deepest balls I think I've ever seen. Um, a college quarterback throw, and it seemed like Marcellus Harris was always a guy that could get under those balls. That, so I don't know. He just always stuck out to me. All the ones that you mentioned, you look at. I mean, you just look at the names. All the ones that you mentioned, it's it's incredible how many great receivers have come out of ECU. And you know, obviously the the national records speak for themselves. But you go down the list of NFL guys. Uh, did you mention Terrence Copper? I did not mention T Cop. Yeah. That's that's another one too, and and he's one of my favorites just because of the fact that I I watched him from ninth grade. All right, yeah. He played, playing at Washington High School and going out there, you know, that was always you know when WITN was based in Chacoinity, uh, that was my route on Friday nights. I would always stay close to the TV station and go to those games. Um, so Washington High School was right in our backyard. So I watched uh, Terrence Copper come up uh, through Washington High School and then, of course, uh, uh, at ECU doing some great things and then on to the NFL. So he, he's another one that stands out. You mentioned uh, – so Marcellus Harris, I'm glad you brought that one up, Weave, because we didn't talk about him this week. And you said you'd love uh, him catching the deep ball. How about in 2000, Marcellus Harris had 496 yards receiving, five, so basically 500 yards. You know, pretty good numbers there. He had, he averaged 21.6 yards per catch and had five touchdowns. Mm-hmm. 21.6 yards per catch is ridiculous. And and that's the thing is he if you you just knew uh, that East East Carolina in those days you just knew they were you know with David Garrard kind of doing what he was doing back in the backfield you know he was we called him the beer truck because he was he wasn't a runner like a Michael Vick or you know like. Uh, one of those guys that that you think of a dual threat quarterback, but when he did get out of the pocket and run, he was so hard to bring down, and he wasn't afraid to take a hit. Um, so, a lot of times during the game, he would you know throw short passes, throw passes over the middle, and it's almost like he and Marcellus were setting up that big play. And every once in a while, they would hit it, and next thing you know, it's an eighty yard touchdown pass. It's just always stuck out in my mind about that duo uh, for East Carolina. Billy Weaver joining us. Malcolm, you've been around uh, a long time as well. Who, uh, when I when I say wide receivers, who's the short names on your uh, list? Well, I like, I'm I'm a big fan of Larry Shannon. I've you know he and I are really good friends, and you know obviously I I got to know him after uh, you know he played football. We were in grad school together, and uh, 
he's he's a good one um you know when you just like billy said when you talk about uh you know the history you know you got to think of you know justin hardy i mean he set the ncaa record and then zay jones broke it but you know also like uh you know cops t cops a good one also like Dwayne harris because they're guys who also filled enough filled another role as well so they were very important meaning they were kick returners punt returners things yeah. like that and and uh you know, Justin Hardy tried to do that, tried to do punt returns, but he he fair called everything. It seems like, but uh, yeah, you know, and also, you know, I know he's, uh, you know, he just left, but also like the small guys that go across the middle don't matter, you know, that uh, don't care if they get hit, like a uh, you know Tyler Schnee. And we were talking about that too. He's so freshly removed from East Carolina. I wonder what his legacy will be twenty years from now. Is he going to be almost in the underrated category or? Are we going to remember those just monster numbers that he put up during his time here? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it uh, how it all shakes out. I mean, if he would have stayed, uh, you know, another year, um, you know, he would, you know, definitely be t- probably top five all time. Yeah, he statistical had he had Hardy sure. and Zay numbers yeah, in his reach. A- absolutely, if yeah. he stayed. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out later on. Billy, we were joining us. Looking forward to some football weave and. Uh, got some uh some other stuff going on right now and and your new york mets are not playing bad but my braves are red hot weave and and they're coming up on the tail and you uh you are uh, you're a realist met fan and also at some points a negative met fan that you just think it's gonna it's gonna all uh evaporate but right now just a uh well now a three and a half uh game lead over the atlanta braves as uh, we sit here uh going into july yeah, still hanging on to that lead, and and you know I just um, I, like you said I'm a um, I don't know if I'm even cautiously optimistic to tell you the truth. <laughs> um, more more this year than than in years past because by this time uh, of the season in years past the Mets have already gone down ten games to either the Braves or uh, the Nationals or whoever else uh, is leading the National League East at the time. Uh, but this this time we're hanging in there a little bit but the the what's looming large is july 11th 12th and 13th i think is the date in atlanta that's when the mets and braves face off right before the all-star break and i just have this uneasy feeling that you know the the mets are going to hang on to maybe you know a two game maybe game and a half lead going into that series and next thing you know coming out of atlanta going into the all-star break the braves are going to be in first place and that's all she wrote but that's you know that's the life of a mets fan um and i, I you know flip you can you can relate because we're both commanders fans so we've been in that that boat many times before that uh yeah that you you just like no news is good news uh pretty much because if there's news about our teams it's usually bad so the mets are 47 and 29 my Braves 44 and 33. Malcolm, if I told you at this point, you know, before the season started that on July 1st, the Red Sox will be 43 and 33, you'd, you'd take that probably, right? Yes, especially considering the way it started. And, and if unf- I'm not mistaken, I think they're like 20 and 6 in, in June or some, some crazy number like that. One eight of their last 10, everything's good, but you're 12 and a half games back. <laughs> the Yankees are stupid good this they're, year. They're, re- they're really good this year. And, uh, um, I think, you know, last time I talked to, you know, we were, I was talking with someone about baseball, if I'm not mistaken, if the playoffs started right now, I think everything, you know, both wild cards were coming out of the American League East. Yeah. I mean, you've got a division 
where yeah right now it's the uh the blue jays and the red sox and then the rays are basically right there with them yeah. so what else do we have to worry about no you don't but even they are playing kind of ahead of their ski they're 35 and 42 which yeah. is not great but for the orioles that's that's pretty good and you know that they could be maybe a little uh spoiler down the stretch yeah they can especially with everybody playing 18 19 games against each other in uh you know divisional play it's gonna it's gonna be tough but the yankees wow what they're doing right now is just ridiculous. Score update on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. We'll, Dub turn, Buck. we'll turn Malcolm's uh, Red Sox on. They're leading the Cubs right now, four to nothing, in some day baseball. We've uh, Chase Elliott wins late Sunday night, early Monday morning, and uh, gets his second win of the season in NASCAR. And now they're off to, I believe, Road America. Is that right? Coming up this Sunday. Yeah, Road America. I mean, that, it makes sense uh, going to Road America for. The 4th of July weekend, that used to be the Daytona weekend where uh, NASCAR would go back to Daytona for the, you know, the, the July 4th weekend. It used to be the Firecracker 400 back in the day, but now they're going to Road America. Uh, it'll only be the uh, third Cup Series race ever there, if I'm not mistaken. The Xfinity Series uh, has run there a little bit more than the Cup Series, but last year, uh, when they went back to to Road America, it was Chase Elliott who was who was the winner of that. And you know, Chase Elliott, I mean, he's just been a monster on road courses, and and so is Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, Hendrick Motorsports has won I think six or seven of the last thirteen road course races. Uh, Chase coming off a big win this past weekend, which I have to admit I didn't see. It was you know I, I watched part of it, and then they went into the rain delay and lightning delay and all that. And by that by the time it it got finished well after midnight i had i had passed out by then but uh he's got to be the favorite going into this one um kyle bush is another good you know kyle bush has has got some experience there in the xfinity series race as a matter of fact i think he's won he won the last uh uh, xfinity series race there at road america so those are the cup regulars that a lot of people will keep an eye on but of course you know guys like daniel suarez who earlier this season showed that he could he could win at at that level and win on a road course so there'll be some ringers in there as well some guys that maybe you haven't heard of that'll that'll come from up front but i mean if i had to put money on it'd be chase elliott that guy came from 34th position last time at road america to win uh that race and that was the deepest in the field anybody in the cup series has ever won on a road course you just don't win from the back of the field in road course races and he's proven that he could do that so i'd put i'd put all the chips in on chase all right uh chase elliott getting hot at the right time here in the nascar season billy i don't know how much you followed it and i i basically followed it through social media but apparently uh bubba wallace and his crew uh have been um not seeing eye to eye and his pit crew has really been struggling lately and i think on sunday he finally just told him to well he did here's the quote that was picked up because you can hear the the radio right we've like fans and people can listen to this he said leave me the f alone dude don't talk to me the whole bleeping race so he uh and his pit crew he kind of went kyle bush on his crew there what's going on with bubba and his uh his team right now well you know whenever you get into those frustrating situations where you're not winning races i mean there's there's a lot of pressure on bubba wallace just because of you know the fact that he had gotten into the national media so much during you know the covid stuff and with the uh the news of you know the the news that was supposedly found or just turned out to not be a noose that was at Talladega and then you know everybody got in 
rallied behind Bubba and you know he's he's become you know a celebrity in NASCAR but he hasn't held up to his end of the bargain as far as winning races he won one race uh so far and uh that was a, a rain delayed race uh that he ended up winning and you know so i mean there's a lot of frustration there and that's what happens you know you get into frustration and things start to snowball like that but um it it's funny to me that these guys uh you know, when you put a microphone in their face, they're a little bit more tame. Some of them are like, <laughs> yeah. Bush. They'll, they'll say some words and things like that. But in the race car, when they're in their element, they really explode sometimes. But the, and they, but the thing is, is they also know that, like you said, you can get, you can go to any racetrack and you can get, uh, they actually have race radios that you can rent for the day. You put them on, you can dial into the uh, the radio communication of any team member or any team on the track, and you can listen to those as a fan. Of course, the TV broadcast, they'll do the same thing. So these race car drivers know that people are listening and that anything that they say is going to get out there. But I think they get into that competitive element. They get behind the race wheel of those cars, and all you know, all you know what breaks loose. So uh, I, I don't know if... And I don't know if NASCAR is eventually going to step in and do something about that, but so far they haven't, and it's been great theater for uh, race fans. Yeah, and in defense of guys like Bubba Wallace and I guess Kyle Busch, which Kyle Busch doesn't care. He'll say it out of the car, in the car, on top of the car, whatever. <laughs> but, like, just think if we had this same access in other sports and i'm not saying we would think all these guys are bad guys or anything but we definitely look at every single one of these coaches and players differently if we had them mic'd up for an entire pre-game game and post-game you know what i'm saying yeah go out to a football practice right i mean seriously uh and there's a reason malcolm will tell you there's a reason the media is only allowed the first 20 or 30 minutes of football practice uh not only because obviously you know coaches don't want media members out there being a distraction they don't want them out there showing any plays that they're working on and you know something for the upcoming game that maybe is a wrinkle in the in the game plan or whatever so that's obvious stuff like that but uh, on top of that i mean I, I i don't know about you guys but i've been out to some football practices and not specifically east carolina but i mean i'm talking even on the high school level right where you get out there and some of the things that you hear um but i do i i do remember now when i was working at wrbl in columbus georgia we covered the um that we had a minor league hockey team in town, the Columbus Cottonmouth, and I did a feature story on the coach there. And I remember his name to this day. His name was Bruce Garber, and I asked him if we could put a wireless microphone on him during a game. Um, I couldn't use probably three-fourths of the video and audio that I had of him because of all the F-bombs that were dropped. Uh, I couldn't believe all the things that he was saying to the referees out there and didn't get tossed from that game. So you want to hear some fun stuff, mic up a hockey coach. That's They're the best. All right. Are the I'd lo- yeah, I'd love to hear uh, Brenda Moore mic'd up for a game. Oh, oh, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Yeah, we get a glimpse of his post-game speeches to his players, and there's a lot of uh, stuff bleeped out of those. So. <laughs> yeah, hockey coaches are definitely the best. I think football coaches are number two on that list. When you talk about animation and um, words that maybe will not pass the FCC uh, litmus test. Billy Weaver joining us. Weave, uh, what's your must-have at your July 4th cookout this year? What do you got to have? Uh, I mean, I think hot dogs. 
just it, just keep I, it simple. Fourth of July is just synonymous with hot dogs. Okay, for some reason. You know, and maybe it's because of the Nathan's hot dog eating contest and all that. I mean, Joey Chestnut, baby. Yeah, yeah. It's just. What's on your uh, perfect hot dog, Weaver? Oh, mustard, chili, and onions. Yeah, okay. Classic. I like it. Yeah, I'm with you. Mustard, chili, and onions. And anybody that thinks my wife, she can hear me, and I know she's going to look at me weird here, but anybody that thinks ketchup is okay on a hot dog, is a child. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Only put, only kids put ketchup on hot dogs. Y'all go to the kiddies' table and let Weave and the real men eat hot dogs with mustard, right. chili, and onions. <laughs> <laughs> Weave, appreciate you joining us today, man. Have a great uh, 4th of July week, and we'll talk again soon, man. All right. See you guys. Billy Weaver joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Malcolm, uh, you want to hang out one more segment? Sure. All right, we'll hang out another segment, talk with Malcolm Gray, and uh, have more for you on Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. We'll be back with you after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Vacation spots are right here in our very own backyard. Take a trip to a state park and enjoy traditional camping, RV space, and also air-conditioned cabins that can be rented with Wi-Fi. If you're by a lake, be sure to check out the opportunities to rent a canoe or a kayak and get on the water. Your next adventure is right around the corner. For more information, please visit ncstateparks.gov. Now let's head back into now let's head back into PRL. Here is Clip Brock. All right, thank you, CJ Schaefer. Good job on the ad read. Could have been better in the transition, but hey, a lot more to go today, so you'll get better each time. And by 5:45, you'll absolutely nail it. Uh, <laughs> Malcolm Gray hanging out in studio, so. Malcolm, let's briefly talk about your duties at East Carolina. A lot of people probably don't care. I do. I want to know. So you've uh, you've been with Media Relations Sports Information. What do you guys call it in twenty twenty? It's Media Relations. Media Relations, and you've uh, you've been the the head guy for baseball for how long now? Since the 05 season. Yeah, so a long time. Uh, but you've been out there for football too. You're, mm-hmm. You've been the number two to Tom McClellan, and, and on some days the number one. So, like, how what, how did your duties change now that you have been elevated to your position? It's just more of uh, running the day to day operations of what's going on. Um, myself, right now, we've got two people: myself and Chip Welch, and uh, we're in the process of uh, of hiring two others, or hiring one, and then another one right behind it. So uh, it's just you know running the day-to-day operations, working and collaborating with uh, with our marketing people, with uh, our pirate creative team, um, you know, and and helping in any way with, with any way that we can, and uh, to keep promoting ECU athletics, uh, our sports teams, our coaches, and student athletes. And luckily, Chip uh, has been around a while. Not only knows the job, but knows East Carolina very well. But a two-man operation. I mean, you guys, how many like? have you had what's the highest number of people in media relations you think you've had like uh, at one time? 
if you include an administ- administrative assistant, six people. Typically, right. we've had five, and we're at two right Two's now. a little low. Yeah. <laughs> but you're going to add to that. Yes. And uh, and then, you know, hopefully be back at full strength. But, uh, man, we're happy for you. That's awesome. Appreciate it. And uh, there's been a lot of people kind of in and out of East Carolina. And how many times, Malcolm, as I said, uh, that if you leave, I'm done? Like I'm leaving Pirate Radio. You probably say that every day. <laughs> I do. So don't leave because <laughs> okay. I want to keep doing this. But uh, no, that's awesome, man. And uh, now I guess I've asked you, have you been able to relax? And that answer is no. Hopefully you can find some downtime between now and August because that's when football rolls right back around. Yeah, well, uh, you know, as you said earlier, working with uh, with baseball and, uh, you know, Tom McClellan left in, in, mid, in mid-May and so – me and chip were kind of you know all hands on deck type stuff with every with all the sports and you know then i went to clearwater with the with the baseball team and come home with a regional the super regional and turn right around interview for the job and and now working you know wrapping up baseball getting football going it's just it's a lot going on but uh, at the same time you know i'm one of those individuals i can't take a week off for a vacation you know after a weekend two days i'm itching and right. i'm ready to get back and, and do and do something and in the past you've worked with usa baseball which uh, cliff goblin zach agnos a part of now i think i saw zach pitch last night uh in uh stars versus stripes game but uh awesome to see them uh with the usa across their chest this year yeah no doubt you know coach godwin is the uh third base coach and uh hitting coach for the second time uh he did that a couple years ago when i believe it was uh agnos jake jake and uh, brian packer were on the team and a great job for uh you know and an opportunity for uh for zach you know he's a uh, two-way guy obviously i don't know if he's going to make the team yet or not uh they have you know about two week about a week and a half before they have to narrow it down to 24 25 people but uh you know he's a he's now kind of a two-way guy and you know when i was talking with uh coach godwin before he left i asked him you know what he thought the shots were he said well if you got a guy who you know can pitch and can hit then you can add another arm or you can add another bat to your to your roster uh cliff said he's gonna they're gonna take on the netherlands so he's gonna go make a trip he's he's never made before so that's pretty cool Did, you made some pretty cool trips right yeah Team I, USA? The, the year that uh that i went i was able to go to tokyo and taiwan um i would have been able to go to cuba the following year but uh there was a hurricane that uh came that hmm. you know rolled through cuba and uh, kind of delayed stuff but uh yeah cliff's cliff's gonna go out to uh to the netherlands and uh playing uh honk ball is what it's called it's just a it's just a tournament not or you know a uh big big tournament and so it'll be fun to be able to watch those guys uh the only bad thing about it is it's uh like real early in the morning all right <laughs> got some time differences yes going on. very much so uh malcolm gray joining us malcolm i mean i feel like we say this after every season but how about this team this special team that cliff had this year to go on the run they did the winning streak to go from kind of outside of the the field of 64 to looking into to being all right we're in as a three all right we've locked up a two seed heck we could host now we're hosting like that run they went on is still incredible to think about it really is and uh you know i think cliff's come out and said this several times and and i know a lot of a lot of people media even including myself have talked about it but when you lose your number one before the season starts and then you have to reshuffle your line your you know your pitching rotation for the weekend and then uh you know cooch Maynard goes down who's you know probably your number two and <laughs> you're bringing Ryder giles in the start you're bringing uh cj mayhew you know start starting a game and uh he 
threw a no hitter. I mean, this is your reliever, and and uh, it was just a it was it was fun to watch because you got to see the team gel and and you got to see a lot of things that honestly you you know I didn't think would ever happen. I didn't think we'd win twenty games. I don't nobody did. I mean, it was the second longest winning streak in the nation uh, behind Tennessee's twenty four, I believe. But uh, but the run that they went on, you know, to win the regular season. You know, uh, for in the American win their conference tournament, that's never been done outright by a number one seed overall. So that's something that's never been done in the American to win 20 games in the American, you know, for the third straight year to host a regional, to be a national seed, to win a regional and then host for the first time a super regional. And uh, you were there for, you know, for some of the games. What, you know, the atmosphere was just unbelievable. You know, the last, I think, uh, five games were our top five crowds of all time yeah right that's that awesome. was just amazing five thousand strong that, yeah that was fun and and malcolm you've been uh you've seen so many of those games home and away uh, that, that texas team offensively what you and i don't know if it's just recency bias but was that that, that was the best offensive team i've seen at clark leclerc how about you is there it, another one that rivals that not not many maybe maybe you can say something you know for like one of the rice teams back okay. in uh in conference usa but uh from one to nine that might be the best i've seen come through here and you know even if the the big guy didn't beat you the guy behind him did right. melendez you know so there was always someone who who stepped up and in previous years we're playing the super regionals and it's the pitching that 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 absolutely crushes us well we were hitting there's no doubt about it yeah you know they just you know, got more hits, score more runs, and that's how that's, that's what happened. Yeah, do you, how many runs did ECU give up in the Vanderbilt Super Regional? It was less it was, than ten, right? It was it was four six, I think. I think yeah. it was four nothing two one, four, <laughs> right, or something like that. And uh, six, maybe seven. Yeah, that's I guess what's great and frustrating about baseball. Uh, that a lot depends on that pitcher on the mound and and the uh, the bats in the hands of the offense. Well, uh, it was a, it was a super fun year, and uh, hopefully. I say hopefully. I mean, the expectation so high for Pirate Baseball, as long as Cliff Godwin's here, uh, they're going to put together a good team on the field. No doubt about it. And they're going to do it the right way, too. That's the best thing about it. They're they're going to succeed on the field, in the classroom, in the community. And, and that's what he's he's preached since the first day he got he came to campus. And and uh, that's, that's what he's been doing. Malcolm Gray joining us. And, uh, Malcolm, we now shift gears to football. And how about the upswing Mike Houston's guys are on? So it should be a very exciting season. And it all starts with uh, a game that a lot of people have circled on the schedule, uh, NC State coming into town. I know Coach Houston and uh, the guys are excited uh, to get this thing rolling. No doubt. And I think, uh, you know, Pirate Nation is, is excited as well. Um, you know, unfortunately, we weren't able to play in a bowl game last year um you know so for the guys who didn't get a chance to you know who ended their careers last year not playing in a bowl but you know you open up with a team that's most likely a top 20 team i mean i haven't seen any of the preseason polls yet uh you know the ones as soon as the season ended last year but you know you got uh you got holt nails coming back i mean you got you know just think offensively what you got coming back you got a lot of weapons yeah and i love the the running back duo and with pop in there as well pops in there as well uh, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. A lot of fun to watch. Best backfield going into a season on paper we've had in a long time. We've Since got probably Marvin Towns and um, R. Brown. 
Uh, no, wasn't. I'm not sure if it was Art Brown. I remember it was, town. It, it was the the both guys had like a thousand yard rushing. I think it was Brown and Towns. It, yeah, because I was a student then, and I remember like a program or either a media guide, and it, those two were on yeah, the front correct, yeah, with the uh, with Towns and Brown. Uh, Malcolm Gray joining us. Malcolm uh, talked about your Red Sox right now. They have a four nothing lead over the Cubs on the Buccaneer Music Hall scoreboard presented by Dub Buck. Dub Buck. Thank you, Chandler. Uh, <laughs> Yankees fifty six and twenty one, and right now, uh, absolutely cruising. Uh, Astros having a great year as well. Mets have been a huge story. Um, Dodgers forty seven and twenty eight. Have you followed the Freddie Freeman stuff at all? Yeah, uh, it's very weird. One of the strangest things I've ever seen. So I, I've never seen a homecoming as emotional as the one we saw with Freeman in atlanta usually the guy will get choked up one time and then that's it he was pretty much crying all weekend he was a an emotional mess then it came out that freeman's agent basically hid the braves final offer from to freddie freeman and freddie freeman fires the agent now the the agency and the agents coming out saying that's a a false narrative on the negotiation so i don't know where this thing's going to end but this is a wild story i've never heard of an agent if it is true withholding that information from the player himself it's a strange deal it, it really is especially considering you know i don't think anybody knows what the braves offered i don't know, think that's been out there but the you know the agent works on behalf of the of the player and he's still going to get his 10 percent. so if, it, if the deal was bigger why would you not? Why would you not try to help him out? The only thing I can think of is maybe that, you know, it wasn't the number of years, you know, that that, that they wanted. But still, I'd, I'd fired, I would have fired him in, in a heartbeat as well. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out the agent side if that is true. Like, is, if he gets him to go to the Dodgers, are there extra perks in him some way? Like, I don't know. I can't yeah, I really wrap my head around the whole thing. But that is a, a very odd story that's going on also happy bobby bonilla day to those who celebrate it's 1. july 3. 1st uh so he's he's still getting paid by the new york mets you know they could go ahead and pay him off right now if they wanted to i kind of like that i hope they don't could, yeah but he gets it what till he's 71 it's, 70 uh, 20 to 35 tw- <laughs> yeah he gets 1.19 million dollars yeah, every july 1st through and it started in 2011 that's a good agent yeah that's a good agent right there (laughs) (laughs) uh he was playing smart back then who look he was good with those um were they called the killer bees with bonds and benny and bell or was that biggio and i don't know was that astros yeah but that pirates team cj before you were born uh the pirates used to be good at baseball but i know you don't believe that but it's true so he was good then but like he got this deal towards the end like of his career right yeah, exactly. when he wasn't really that good anymore yeah and... it was it was right after uh if i'm not mistaken when bonds ended up going to san francisco then he went type deal. that was just the height day of the money that's when will clark and the palmero where palmero went to the rangers and will clark went to the uh, orioles and it kind of came it kind of came out within the last six seven years that that uh, Will Clark was going to test the market to help Palmero out, mm. and instead he kind of undercut him and, and got more <laughs> money. And but that was just a day where everybody was just getting paid stupid amounts of money. Yeah, well, uh, and it won't surprise you, CJ, that the Pirates got rid of their good players. They used to do that, like they still do. Yeah. So sometimes things never change. <laughs> That's very true. CJ got to see the Pirates win uh, live this week. Yeah. Saw them beat the Nationals earlier this week. Oh, so well, that's awesome. Go. 
little uh, little live MLB action. All right, uh, let's see. Anything else going on in baseball? Saw that uh, Ronald Acuna, Aaron Judge uh, will earn starts in the All-Star game. Acuna has not played that much due to injury. How about Aaron Judge on a contract year, Malcolm? Uh, he's been uh, earning some pennies and is going to get paid a boat ton. Yeah, that. no doubt. I saw something on Twitter the other day. Uh, it was his, his name's uh, Jarrett Carabas. Yeah. You know, said that uh, here's your new center fielder for uh, the Red Sox next year. I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> I was like, oh my god. Now he would he would definitely thrive in that ballpark. There's no doubt about it. He's gonna thrive uh, wherever he goes. Wherever he goes, <laughs> the way he's hitting right now. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's going on with uh, with MLB right now. Malcolm, uh, I don't know anything else on your horizon. What's what's we got the well, we got the uh, you know baseball draft coming up pretty soon around the All Star break. That's okay, July seventeenth. Keeping so, an eye on what Agnos. And, uh, uh, yeah, I think you know the big the big one. Obviously, everybody knows you know Carson Wisenhunt probably was going to get drafted. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out. Just like Kamar Rocker, you know, not ECU related, but you know he didn't. He got drafted last year and never signed because the Mets thought that he, I guess, had a bum bum arm. So he'll be back in the draft, he, correct? He's back yeah. in the draft, yeah. And then uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, where you know Bryson Worrell goes. I mean, I think you know he probably made himself a little bit of money um, towards the end of the year. I think he would have had eight eight home runs since uh, starting of the conference tournament, and he finished with twenty. So, I mean, he, he played uh, played pretty good. So it'll be interesting to see where he goes. Um, you know, there could be a chance that someone takes a look at uh, Agnos and Mayhew, and then you have one or two guys coming in that uh, that possibly could get drafted. Right. So it'll be interesting to see. But uh, all in all, I think when it's all said and done with, uh, you're probably going to have your core guys coming back. Um, you know, you just lose the guys who, you know, exhausted eligibility basically right malcolm gray joining us malcolm thanks for hanging out man and uh once again congratulations to you awesome stuff and we'll be uh talking to you uh in august september throughout the football season trying to uh, get some interviews from you so. sounds good man i appreciate you guys having me on and happy fourth of july to you guys uh same to you malcolm gray what's your must have at a cookout brats yes mustard thank you brats with mustard i know i'm a brat man myself so good call there i want to go to your cookout Mark. All right, let's uh, take a break. We'll come back, wrap up hour number one of Pirate Radio Live. More to go after this. to Hour 1 of Pirate Radio Live. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local. Print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Need some beer for the weekend? Well, the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop near Christie's Europub is a specialty shop selling craft, domestic, and import brews, along with wine and growlers. The Bottle Shop offers monthly beer and wine tastings featuring rotating NC Craft breweries along with live music and discounts. Stop by Tuesday through Sunday or check out the Jarvis Street Bottle Shop on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is Cliff Brock. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live. Thanks to Weave. Thanks to Malcolm Gray for joining us on the program on this Friday, our last show before we are off for a week. So, We'll have the best ofs coming your way next week right here on Pirate Radio. 
uh we are trying to get celebrities a list b list all the way down to f list celebrities to follow us it's a game we're playing this summer uh i was given frank kaminsky by cj and i've sent out my tweet and it says frank let me get that follow back if you follow me you'll have seven years good luck so i'm trying to play a little mind game here now because if he happens to see this and he well if he's a superstitious person and he's like man if i don't follow this guy i might have bad luck so i'm going for kind of the supernatural the spiritual world luck you're like the people on facebook who say repost this and you'll have some like monetary you'll have a windfall yeah. yeah so uh we'll see if that works out um cj what did you tweet to uh jid um i tweeted big like hey big fan of your music i'm trying to beat my co-workers in this contest and i would appreciate if i had a follow from one of my favorite rappers and i didn't have to lie this time because i do love him absolutely love jid chandler have you tweeted yet uh, i'm in the middle of it right now but what it, what it says here is uh at chandler riggs well will you look at that we have the same first name you are my favorite character in the walking dead i would love to have a follow from you so chandler have a nice day <laughs> I'm gonna, I know, I'm going to end it with have a nice day and see how that does. All right. Uh, Chandler has usually the funniest, creepiest uh, requests for for follows. And the fact that Chandler, who is a 24-year-old man, is saying you were my favorite character on The Walking Dead, talking about a child, is, is pretty creepy. Oh, see, I didn't know he was a child. <laughs> yes. I might have to back that thing up. I might have to, I might have to delete that uh i didn't know he was a child a dude. straight up child wow that is creepy yeah so i don't know if you want to fix that or not yeah i'm definitely going to fix that okay what should i say in, in like uh in replace of that that's not as creepy uh you were definitely not my favorite because you were a child and that would be creepy yeah. i think you should say that okay <laughs> i think this might lead to us being on watch list Absolutely. at some point uh, we but, will be contacted by some set of federal agency by authorities all right uh did y'all hear that got ourselves a woge bomb there are woge bombs going off everywhere all us. goodness gracious uh we learned earlier this hour uh adrian wojeranowski tweeting out that the tim the oops see i just spoiled it utah is trading rudy gobert see i thought the first tweet didn't even have his where he was going the t wolves yeah dang okay never mind i was gonna do a big i was gonna do a big build up to it (laughs) utah is trading rudy gobert to minnesota to where chandler the minnesota (laughs) minnesota that's right uh minnesota the jazz are getting four first round picks and 2022 first round pick walker kessler in return so rudy gobert to minnesota more than that they got more players too who uh malik beasley patrick beverly walker kessler patrick beverly (laughs) patrick beverly he did all he could for Minnesota. He won that play-in tournament, play-in Got game. Got up on the <laughs> scorer's desk, started throwing stuff. So he'll be back for his jersey retirement sometime next season. Absolutely. And yeah. and the ring for He's winning that. On it. Uh, Patrick Beverly on the move once again to Utah. That's a new team for him. Uh, trivia question, CJ. 
I'm gonna I asked this one Wednesday night. I'm gonna leave out his college just to see if you know it. And if you don't, I'll give you the college. If this player ends up if the trade ends up going through and he plays a game in Denver, he will have he'll have the record in the NBA for most franchises played for. Ish Smith. Ish Smith is correct. Well done. Um how many franchises has Patrick Beverly played for now? Ooh, it's gotta be he's gotta be pushing ten. We need some music to play while I'm Googling something because we tend to do this quite a bit. Just Google stuff. Google. I'm on the Google. I'm Googling. It's Google time. It's Google time. It's Google time. Google it up. Google it up. Uh, boy, a lot less than I thought. Patrick Beverly has only played for three teams, and this will be his fourth. I was going to say, like I can only think of like two or three. The Clippers, the T-Wolves. Um, Hit the music. Google it up. Where did Beverly up. play? Where did Beverly play? Chandler, he was a rocket man. Oh, that's right. So this is going to be his fourth team, you said, right? That's what I said. The 2011 Russian League Guard of the Year, Patrick Beverly. What if he's a spy? And he's infiltrating all of our major cities like Houston, Minneapolis, um, Salt Lake City. I would like to infiltrate the Minnesota front office and see why they decided to give away four unprotected picks for rudy gobert yeah i love rudy gobert actually a lot of people i know i have to defend rudy gobert from them because, name them uh brady specifically davish not davish not davish not, not davish okay. is, is his name davish um wow i lost everything i was gonna say thanks a lot guys <laughs> uh well here so while you think about it google it up google it down google it all around the town yeah so, they've got Anthony Edwards. D'Lo. Uh, that would be D'Angelo Russell? Yeah. Okay. Um, was Tyus on that team? Tyus? I, oh, he might have But he's actually, going to Memphis. Yeah. Was he a part of that team? He was at some point. I don't uh, think it was this recently. past year, though. Oh, and they got Cat. Uh, mm-hmm. Okay. So, they've got a core of Cat and Gobert. How do you like that on the court together? Well... Uh, well, Twin Towers are returning, I guess. Well, wow, 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 well, clap. All right. I think I like it. They'll score a lot of points. This has been NBA talk, and now all I want is to Google things so I can hear that music. But we got to take a break. So hopefully, when Tony Dunn is here, we'll have a lot of stats and players and things to Google. Because Chandler, that's my favorite part of the show now. Did you say you wanted to? No, uh, I said I want to take a break. Well, in order to take a break, I'm gonna have to play this. Wait, that's the Google track? So are you going to have that ready if we need it for the rest of the show? No, I mean, it's just our bumper from the last... last that part. is the official Google music now. Well, you know what? It's the funk, and we're going to save it, and we're going to play it when we Google something up. Thank you, Chandler. We'll take a timeout, come back. Tony Dunn joins us when we return after this. Google to the east, Google to the west, Google to the place that I like best.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now let's head back into Pirate Radio Live. Here is Cliff Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live, on a Friday, our last live show until july 11th so if you have something to say you better say it now or it may never be said again tony dunn colincatchronicles.com joining us in the pirate radio studios hello tony hello 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 tony's wearing a blue shirt with a gray nike swoosh and on the side it's got an f and i was like is that a cal state fullerton shirt what is that and uh then i saw the tag well first of all do you know what kind of shirt this is you know what what brand what what collection if you will is it from i feel like chandler would know this it is nike but like a sub brand the subset uh like what does the tag say just do it (laughs) (laughs) it says tiger woods collection huh do you know what the f would stand for i thought it was a makeshift csu fullerton cal state fullerton that's what i thought too but i don't know we're trying to anybody know what this f stands for shirt was a hand-me-down i mean it's a nice shirt yeah very nice shirt i don't know why i don't wear it more often yeah it's cool uh that f has just got me uh perplexed over here (laughs) that's all i can say f you uh hey tony the uh cubs and red sox cubs just scored three runs before you walked in nice so it is now a four to three game in the sixth inning what do you think about the cubs uh city connection is that what they call them the uh, Wrigleyville jerseys that the Cubs are wearing. Was there? A, is this the only one, or did they have a different one the other day? Nah, same, the same color I'm scheme. Pretty sure that's the one. Yeah, uh, I like it. It's pretty cool. All they've done is kind of mix in a little light blue. Yeah, uh, I like much. it. But uh, I mean, I I always feel like uh, let the younger teams do the weird stuff. Right. Yeah. You know, it's like yeah. when you're like you're the Steelers, just keep it classic keep it basic I, I felt that way boy the celtics i don't know if i like the hat the celtics have like the classic road green and home white and they're wearing like black and gray yeah. and it just it annoys the the bejesus out of me well we were in the finals and the hornets were not so that's such a lame thing to say we're busy yeah, well, being in jail right what is what what does that have to do with anything i'm here to stir the pot it's like a cowboys fan hey whoa 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 yeah that's whoa, something that cowboys Wait, what fan would say what, what does cj say i was talking about the celtics uniforms now they have like the most classic uniforms in the nba them and oh, the Lakers. I thought how you many were making champi- fun of them how many championships you wear making you fun of what the jerseys i don't like that they're wearing black jerseys in the finals when they already have good jerseys well when the hornets get to the finals you can tell them what jerseys to wear i tell you what this segues right into rage room that's right <laughs> tony wants to rage about something Chandler, can you uh, pull that up? Oh, well, we might as well get started there. We don't have a lot of NFL to talk about. So, Tony, I saw you Wednesday night sports tribute AJ's, and you said, "Hey, uh, I hope we can rage Friday because I got one." And you were still raging on Wednesday. We're a couple yeah. days removed. Like, have you calmed That's a down? Good Forty-eight hours. Yeah, I think I have. I'm about to write an apology too. <laughs> oh, cool. All right, well, set up the whole story for us. Uh, so I have a big yard. Like, I live out in the kind of in the country, a nice neighborhood, um, but outside the city limits. And I've 
put a lot of money and time into taking down trees over the last five years. I've taken down 17 trees in my yard in five years. Ten professionally, seven myself. <laughs> so, uh, other day, I was like, uh, got a knock on the door. And one of my neighbors comes over and is like, we're really concerned about the way the neighborhood, we want to keep the property value up and then the neighborhood looking nice. And I was like, my grass is cut. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I showed you the picture. Yeah. Maybe my yard is not as meticulously upkept as someone who spends 72 hours out there every day. If you could spend 72 hours in a single day, sure. these guys do it. Nah, uh, so it's just upsetting that when somebody comes over and they're so bored and busy that there's a little pile of sticks on the side of my house, and that was the problem. And I waited for the wind to blow towards their house, and I burned that pile. Of <laughs> nah, <I didn't. laughs> all right. So they, so somebody knocks on your door that your yard is an eyesore. Yeah. And what? Did, how did you respond to this? Uh, I went and bought 800 gnomes and put them in my yard. <laughs> nah, I got a little defensive to start because I was uh, like, "Come on!" I mean, it took. It was. It's not that bad. Really, it's not that bad. I don't got like his crap laying in the yard or anything like that. I showed you a picture. So what I did, I did what they said and went and fixed it and raged about it. You were, yeah, you I were upset. very upset I was irritated. about it. So who are you writing an apology letter to? To the guy that knocked on my door that I got super defensive with. It yeah. was like kind of like, this is effing ridiculous. Yeah. That's oh, why I put that F you, on my like, <laughs> were you very Like, were you angry towards him? Like, yeah. If someone knocked on you, like, I mean, it's like this. It's like, well, how would you feel when I told you your shirt was wrinkled that day? You didn't like it, did you? I mean, I really could have cared less. <laughs> That's not true. You're sensitive. I'm sensitive. He's sensitive. I'm sensitive, dude. So how were you, how was your tone toward this guy? Not what he was expecting, I don't think. He was expecting a, uh, oh, yeah. oh, okay, all right, Sorry I'll about take care that. of that. Yeah, and it was like, uh, dude, when we moved in here, this place had four-foot elite. Like, we've really, you want to talk about bringing the property value down, we've only added to the property value of this neighborhood. 17, that's what I said, 17 trees, dude. Yeah, like, I don't take care of my yard. But is that, and we're, so this is a, the rage room, we usually try to, give pointers or tips on maybe how you can avoid these things is do you think he or anybody else in your neighborhood was in the right to go knock on your door and say that no i don't nah. think so right. i think is that maybe if i had a bus in my front yard or something or to that effect is that look i fixed it and it took me less than two hours to do it so how bad could it have been we were talking about it yesterday because i kind of set up i didn't tell the whole story but i was like tony's gonna rage about something that has to do with this and um somebody responded and said because we because troy was like you know would you go up and do that to a neighbor and i was like nah i don't like confrontation i would have just i wouldn't have said anything but a guy said there's passive aggressive people that won't say hey you need to cut your grass but they'll say hey i have a, a good long guy you want, you want his number <laughs> like one of those things well this was framed a little bit with some of that like oh i'll be willing to help you oh yeah and then when i got defensive he pulled out this one uh are you a christian you go to church i said yeah and he's like do you mind if we say a prayer together and i was like we're gonna pray for those limbs <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, oh, God, yeah. So he probably is a nice guy. Well, I don't know. Well, did you pray with him? I listened. <laughs> what a scene. <laughs> I know. I know. What do you do? I know. What do you say? Now, you did what I would have done. I'm a pushover. I'd have been like, sure, let's talk to the big man. <laughs> 
Dear Lord, we're gathered around these. What was his sermon? What was his prayer? I think it was about like taking this well and neighborhood harbor. I I was so furious. I like just was looking at my feet going, please don't push this dude off the porch. And I like him. We got a good relationship too. You know, like we got a good... It's just old people, man. Well, as I, you kind of described it to me, and I took it to a, a new level, but like, you're, there's an old man who sits outside and watches your house like it's their TV show. Yeah, like, all he can't, he's limited in his mobility, and his daily activity is to sit on his porch for seven hours and, and if, directly across from my house. If he's tired of seeing that episode with all those limbs in your yard, he wants to see it a different episode. But But he wants a new episode. This was, and I could set this up even more, uh, two weeks earlier, I get a knock on the door from his yard guy. He sent the yard guy over, and Tony. he's like, uh, Mr. Jim just wanted me to see if you need any help, you want any help around. <laughs> That's worse than asking for. That's that's worse than being passive aggressive. And the aggressive. guy was like this. The guy was like, you know, we're really busy. And I was like, dude, I just cut my grass yesterday. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And so the uh, guy literally told his yard guy and said, hey, you need I got to go a over firewood. That guy's house. I got some firewood, a firewood pile, like real firewood, because I have a wood burning. What do they call it? A wood burning furnace, right? Yep. Like, uh, but. Chimney? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so I have, but it's like stacked. I mean, but, you know, but you, you should go to Sam Jones and ask if they would move that wood pile on the side of the building. It's an eyesore. <laughs> Could you get up your limbs, please? That uh, is hilarious. And then to, you want to even hear the kicker on the first episode of this? The guy was like, "Well, I got to come over here because you know, he's he's just old and funny. You yeah. know, if, you know, it's just quirky, quirky." Yeah. And he goes, "But he did say if you got the job, if I got the job, that he would give me a fifty dollar tip. So he's, tip <laughs> he's paying somebody to fix yours, only to tip him. So I almost thought when I burned this pile, and it wasn't that big, dude. I'm telling you, man, it was no, not much. And I, I almost went and said, can I get that tip? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you put in the work. You might as well get the tip. Um, but no, I feel funny, bad. Funny I feel bad for getting that." irritated right that's what i think my apology is going to be well that's nice tony that you uh i think we go through with that do that everybody's going to be in a gift basket maybe some banana bread edible arrangements trying to be the best neighbor ever there you go all right um mike p says next time tell them that nagging neighbors bring down property values (laughs) zing mike p had a question too you can cut the music Thank you to uh, Rage Room. Check it out right here in Greenville, North Carolina. On Clark Street, right behind Pitt Street Brewery. AngerMGMTNC.com for more information. And uh, t- next time, Tony, when that happens, but, which in this case, you had a physical activity to get the rage out, physical. but you could have gone to the Rage Room. So next time, maybe maybe make a trip oh, over there. Next, maybe they should bring like some sticks in there and you can like burn <laughs> them in there. You got a burn pile we could use. Um, and just full disclosure, that guy, the old, the old finicky neighbor, lives in a house that someone committed suicide in. So I don't know if that brings property value down. I wonder if there's ghosts. I wonder if he's My always on. My God. <laughs> he's like, Jesus. I, I, you know why he sits on the porch? He's scared to be inside. <laughs> Holy crap. There's a, this neighborhood is There's going to be a neighborhood war. <laughs> oh, my God. No, the guy's not I a pirate listener, like is he? I hope not uh all right uh mike p had a question if it's too hot in a room and you go to adjust the ac to make it cooler do you do you consider it turning the ac up or down down i call it down 
maybe I would say turn the AC up, but if I say, but if if I word it as thermostat, turn the thermostat down. I think what we're using at AC, though, a lot of times where we're using it as a cinnamon incorrectly for the temperature. Yeah, like we mean, right, like right, turn right. the temperature down. Yeah. Like kick up the AC, but turn the temp down. Right. It's a good so question. I say down. That's what I say in my, like, <laughs> if somebody said go turn down the AC, would you go, oh, it, like, would you literally go in there and say, man, it's way too cold in here? Right. <laughs> well, it's one of those things. It's one of those sayings. I, my wife, uh, I don't know if it makes fun of me, but she was like, she doesn't like when I say cut the TV off rather than like turn it off turn i get uh, like cut it down cut it off she says that that's not something they use up north cut which i okay. found interesting i mean i can see that yeah i mean but we also don't say use guys hey <laughs> <laughs> maybe we should though <laughs> sounds cool ah uh, so cut uh, maybe that's a southern thing i don't know wicked awesome <laughs> wicked awesome all right there's segment one tony of our nice. nfl Boom. talk Let's uh, take a break. We'll come back, and uh, I do want to get some air going in here, actually. Can you turn the AC down? I'm going to turn the AC up. Oh! And we'll figure out. Google uh, it. However way uh, that air will come out, we're going to do that. Well, uh, we'll talk some NFL and more when we return. Pirate Radio Live on a Friday after this. listening to hour two of pirate radio live now back to the show welcome back the sidebar in uptown greenville is open and ready to serve you the tex-mex fusion restaurant offers dinner and sunday brunch from 10 30 to 2 30 located right next door to the dickinson avenue public house the sidebar has indoor dining and patio seating for everyone to enjoy for the latest on reservations menu items and more follow the sidebar on facebook or on instagram at sidebar.greenville now let's head back into PRL. Here is Clip Rock. All right. Thank you, CJ Schaefer. Chandler Honeycutt here. Tony Dunn to my left. Uh, earlier today, Dennis Dodd covers college athletics. Says Oregon and Washington have been told by the Big Ten that it's that the Big Ten will be standing pat for now, waiting on a decision by Notre Dame. So <laughs> we're not done yet. Uh, this is all growing to these probably four super conferences and uh ecu is going to be on the outside looking in at those super conferences what happened to the power five now they're shrinking and shrinking even more we're going to change that we had bcs that's gone power five is going to be gone it's going to have a new name and a new title and uh we're just going to keep playing and trying to win that's all we can do and having fun here at pirate radio yeah i mean it's a kind of a kind of a crazy dilemma that you're in because we love there's so many programs kind of like ecu out there where i have such a loyal following that means so much to uh, the people that went there yeah the community i don't even you know to me it doesn't even really matter that i mean that we couldn't i guess contend for a national championship because like right now i'm just like can we get nine wins and again we're talking football specifically right like i don't think I've been been bringing this up. Is this going to affect March Madness, the NCAA basketball tournament? I would hope not. I mean, as good as that thing is, you don't want to ruin it. You want to keep the Cinderellas, the underdogs, and that. The College World Series, the, the you know, keep that the way it is. All these other sports, women's 
college world series the, the softball world series the women's college basketball tournament all that i mean we don't Field hockey everything everything other than football really hopefully will not be affected by this move but football certainly will you know is that you got to get rid of that whole like uh college athletics kind of moniker when you talk about football and you really just need to call it semi-professional yeah you know it's like at, at this point it's just clear that there's so much money involved in it to to even like that old argument like well these students are getting a scholarship and an education that just yeah seems like such a farce when this is going on right beside it absolutely tony dunn joining us we talked uh ecu wide receivers this week who's your all-time favorite pirate wide receiver tony um Ooh, all-time favorite you were a big hardy guy you wanted the uh the panthers yeah, to get i would hardy. say hardy is mine over zay over yeah. Dwayne harris uh you know uh, to be honest as a well i got a couple like i don't say a specific favorite like my most recent favorite was hardy mm-hmm. um my you know but i have ones from like each era right. i guess you would say so um, I always liked uh, Terrence Copper a ton. Yeah. You know, it's like I felt like he was in a difficult situation here. Andre Allison is one of my old old faves. He really uh, kind of put – it was a terrible era of football, and his electricity, it was the start of building something. Now, he was only here a couple of years, wasn't a four-year guy, but uh, he kind of bridged the gap to success. Yeah, he was a guy. transfer student, right? Yeah. Yeah. Was Terrence Copper transferred to? No, he was here. Four-year? Yep. He was Washington High School. Okay. So, Eastern North Carolina through and through. Um, yeah, I would say uh, Justin Hardy is the be- is my favorite. The man with the golden gloves. The man gloves. with the golden gloves. Yeah. <clears throat> and kind of a also that kind of wonderful story, you know, yeah. of the walk-on. No scholarship. But, but Dwayne Harris, I tell you this, is you brought it up about him being your favorite ECU football player of all time. He was electric. And then so electric in the NFL too, um, arguably one of the best, pl- the not the best player, but in the top five that ECU's ever had. No doubt, uh, Dwayne. All right, let's uh, let's move that conversation to the Carolina Panthers. All right, and uh, I guess I, well, I think I know. I got my answer for for Washington, and we'll uh, we'll bring CJ in with Pittsburgh. All right, favorite receiver, Chandler and Tony. Is it the best one? Is it Smitty? Yeah, Smitty. it's got to be. <laughs> because much like Dwayne Harris, he did not just catch balls and play receiver. He did some special teams, but he also blocked his ass off. Yeah, beat he, up he just anybody. His he ass also off. was the toughest guy on the field. Yeah, And the smallest guy. And not like a hardy, no scholarship thing, but his stature made him always have the chip on his shoulder he broke his leg playing flag football dude you know what i'm saying like that dude never he didn't know how to turn it on and <laughs> off it's like i'm gonna run this route and it's like just a demonstration they asked him he was at the combine and they were like can you give him some tips he's like man i'm in sh- dress shoes i can't do nothing like he was like if i'm gonna run a route i'm gonna run a route i'm not gonna just walk it like michael irvin does on espn or whatever we love man it's kind of weird he was so good and he was so tough and all that do we give guys like that and like jordan and maybe smitty wasn't a crappy teammate but he did punch out a teammate i don't (laughs) think he was necessarily the best teammate you know, like I, if you could draw it up and making him a, a teammate in a lab, I don't know if Steve Smith created. Do you remember but, when we did the the 
thing about who you would want to live with for a year. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. I felt like whenever Steve Smith is around, like, you're just a little nervous. Right, Like, yeah. you just don't know. You, like, really like being it's really fun, but every now and then it can go sideways real quick. He'll come on the radio station, Charlotte Radio, and it's like the the host, Kyle Bailey, is trying so hard to keep him happy. And then Smith, Smitty gets irritated that he's pandering to right, him. Right, yeah. Like, Talk like, to me like a normal person. Uh, so he didn't have the best teammate moment of all time when he knocked out, was it Ken Lucas? Well, he broke Ken Lucas's uh, nose in yeah. practice. And that was right after he was a like one of the bigger free agent signings the Panthers had ever had, too, at the time. And uh, I guess, you know what? He didn't like... He thought he was soft. There are he probably he was probably right. See, that's the thing with Steve Smith. He turns out to be right. Yeah, but you got those buddy buddy moments with Jake Delhomme on the sidelines and stuff. And Jake, so, yeah, he liked Jake. Um, probably because Jake was kind of with the same tough mindset and all that stuff. I always um, wondered if, when you ask the teammate conversation about Steve Smith, is the Panthers have had a hard time getting a duo like two receivers at the same time. And it, since it was Smitty was the younger one with Mohsen Muhammad being the elder, that was the only time we had really two that were just dominant or, you know, very, very good at their craft. And then once Steve Smith became the elder, it was like all of these hopefuls that just never worked out from Brandon LaFell down the list and i always wondered if it was like them being terrified of <laughs> like it's like kind of like the aaron Rodgers thing where he doesn't share the playbook with the other quarterback smitty didn't want a number two yeah he wanted a number four <laughs> he wanted philly brown to be his number two all right chandler uh smitty oh absolutely and this happened several times during smitty's career and this is probably what makes me love smitty the most is you know he would take shots i mean as soon as he would catch the ball i remember there was one game um, he, a, a DB, he was from Alabama, I can't remember his name, absolutely lit Smitty up. And instead of, like, laying there on the ground, he just, he got up and he, like, hits his helmet several times like a madman after just getting clobbered. And it just kind of shows you the toughness of Steve Smith. And, um, you he know, was, obviously the Ice Up Sun game yeah, uh, where, where him up. and uh, Aqib Tlaib went at it the whole game. And you go back and watch it and Tlaib was just out of control. Like, I mean, again, Smitty was right, like in the right. I mean, and, he was stiff arm people in midair. Like, I mean, had, and, and, and this happened when he went away from Carolina and went to Baltimore. Carolina goes to Baltimore, <laughs> yeah. and he scores three touchdowns again. I know. And it, it's the blood called, and guts. It, yeah, blood and guts. And he tells uh, somebody, I think he tells Jerry or somebody, he says, hey, when y'all get back to Charlotte, cut my lawn. He's, <laughs> I mean, like, he's like, cut my awesome. lawn when you get back. And the ice up game he's, where he somebody asked him about a keep to leave, and he said, you go ask him. I finished the game. He didn't. Yeah, tell him to ice. Like, I mean, he arguably walked. the best crap talker in all of sports. But you know why? Because time. he backed it up. Right. I mean, he yeah. walked the walk and he talked the talk. And when yeah, he the, says, when you listen to him on the radio and all of this, the junk he talks, he still has it. He still has an edge. But it's like on oh, NFL Network, he still up. talks junk. I mean, it's so good. It's, and, he's a good junk talker, and he's got so much pride, and he's stubborn. The whole panthers thing could have gone a totally different direction it'd be interesting to have this conversation if he was still not a part of the panthers because for a while he wasn't right yeah and i mean that they had to come basically welcome him back you know which is a big moment for everybody that's you know that's happy and he's doing some of the preseason games for the panthers now 
Um, also news, uh, Luke Keekley going to be joining the radio yeah. broadcast. Yeah. I, one, one of my favorites was him stiff-arming Roman Harper in midair as he caught the touchdown. Now, this was after Roman Harper, who became a Panther. The Super Bowl year. And was very like he turned out he turned out we liked him a lot when he was here as a person and a player he took a late shot at, at smitty one time he had like a dirty after play. a touchdown yeah yeah i remember that and i used to hate roman harper like he was like the the enemy for me and then he came and you know ingratiated I, those are those guys that you want on your team but you hate them when they're like cam jordan's this way is Cam Jordan is a guy that's a great football player, but I hate and loathe him. But if he was on my team, he'd be my favorite player. All right, so that can't the the Roman Harper play you're talking about, where he goes in the end zone. He's he's clearly in the end zone, and he smacks Smitty. What does Smitty do? He gets up, spins yeah, the ball yeah. right there, does a couple like head like yeah, helmets. So tough. And then he goes right and then after. And gets his in ass. the fight. That's the difference between Steve Smith and a guy like Terrell Owens. Owens did the celebration, got hit. And went and celebrated again while his teammates were fighting. Smitty scores, <laughs> does a very the ball, does a brief celebration, helmet. and then starts to like <laughs> and then goes back and like, let's go. That's what you want. And the other team's like, I wish he would have just kept celebrating. I I'm know. so terrified. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So Smitty is the greatest. There. He's the greatest receiver oh, and our favorite. And by the way, if you see this face. That means I scored. <laughs> if you see this face again, that means I scored again. You need to look up the uh, the mic'd up moments and all that if you haven't seen it with Steve I, Smith. I'm still um, I'm really irritated that he didn't wasn't first ballot Hall of Fame. Like he didn't make it in this year. And um, when you look at the players, uh, who is it? Andre Johnson, Johnson who's a great great receiver, great receiver. And I'm not trying to take it like saying he shouldn't be in. But if you look at uh, Steve Smith's career, <clears throat> a little bit longer, and the numbers are all the same. And the argument you could say this is that Andre Johnson did it in a terrible, with terrible team. Well, so did Steve Smith to a certain degree. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? He yeah. did it and with a quarterback forget, that kind of. People forget. Maybe they don't. But, you know, he was looking to end, end his career, and then he tears his Achilles. And then he's like, no, I'm not ending my career like this. And he works his ass off, and then he comes back and ends up finishes his career in Baltimore. Uh, I want to say that was the year that he put up three touchdowns. Against, you know, but, uh, yeah, he, he he was one of those guys that, he, like, I'm not going to end my career on a, on an injury. At the age of, like, 37, Yeah, I mean, it was it's just he was crazy. Tough. He, was, he was a tough player. Uh, mentally, physically, like everything about him is tough. All right, Tony, how about underrated? Is there is there a – I feel like you've had so many guys that have been underrated because you haven't had good receivers in so long almost. Yeah, so I, like, was, I was thinking about this one. And, like, uh, and then we had some some supreme letdowns like uh, Dwayne Jarrett. People were – you know, that was the big bust for a lot of people. I think Brandon LaFell was a little underrated. I mean, yeah, he had the dropsies every now and then, but he had a big, a big year in 2013. 2013 i think or, yeah you know um i also would say someone that how about this is the people that i'm gonna give you are the ones that i used to talk so much junk about ted ginn jr maybe I, that's, who, that's who i was gonna bring up i mean we talked about him what recently yeah because the argument of him and robbie, and robbie anderson. anderson i think uh this is, i'm asking you as a fan but how about as a football watching nfl fan 
Masim Muhammad's probably underrated for how good he was. I agree. I agree. It's like it's almost like he's gotten forgotten about a yeah. little bit in the but he was an incredible player for both us and the bears and then back again with the panthers two stints i like devin funches i was a big salad Funches. boy yeah I was he a big is not Funches underrated guy. dude i'm not saying but i, I, I like uh, i liked him salad boy. or underfed underfed uh um, he was he's underfed. a tight end now yeah he's Y'all still, are thinking of kelvin benjamin i'm thinking yeah. of kelvin benjamin when i said underfed but uh you're right his salad boy is yeah right. I, I you don't do you know that story Mm-mm. Okay, so um, I had suspicions about Devin Funches from day one. He comes in. He's a big-bodied receiver, tall, you know, like supposed to be a big-body receiver. Guy, Always yeah. played soft. That was the thing. He played – it's like the – op. he had like the body that Steve Smith deserved, <laughs> you know. And uh, But so he comes in as a rookie, and they're doing this like um, the, a training camp. They're just going – they bring them on like Radio Row there. Kind of they go like bring all these kids on to talk to the – you know, on opening day. And they asked him – they're just like asking friendly questions. And they said, what's your favorite food? He goes, you know, I, to be honest, I don't really like to eat all that much. Uh, maybe salad. <laughs> and I was like, this dude's a bust right away. <laughs> you cannot say – I love a salad. I like a salad. Eh, no problem but I, to call it my favorite food and then there was a funny part is like three or four years later uh he they did this piece like he was supposed to be kind of like trying to re- get a second wind with the panthers and he's like i've been learning how to cook and like uh, they like go into his home and they took a picture of him like cooking this shrimp pasta dish or something like this i was like come on man not a funchess guy i also Salad boy. what was that I, I what was the name it. of that app that you could do where you get cameo oh yeah so that's what we did uh on the podcast one of our best things i, I can't find it's on my computer somewhere it's like in some folder that i've lost but i paid him on cameo and how much does devin Funches charge it was like five bucks or 15 no maybe it's like 15 or 20 bucks or something like this and um i said to him look a friend of mine is getting married and his wife or his, his soon-to-be wife are having a, a big dispute over the menu one wants a Caesar salad and one wants a house salad. Can you give us any advice? <laughs> and so then he came on Cameo and talked about salad for a minute and a half. Wow. Is that a jerk thing? To Y'all do? are mean. Very mean. If I was your neighbor, I'd knock on your door and tell you. <laughs> How cool that. is it that the C3 Panther podcast boys are bullying Devin Funches? <laughs> <laughs> All right. How about uh, as a receiver had a performance that you saw live against the Panthers that stands out to Ooh. you? Because I... Mine would be uh, Michael Irvin catching a 50-yard bomb like oh. right in front of me, and he got up and did his – he used to do this signature, almost like a karate celebration, where he like <laughs> spike the ball and do all this stuff. <laughs> and I was like, I hate what I'm seeing, but seeing it live is so cool right now. Uh, so that would be mine. I was not there for this game, but the one that I can only remember – Julio? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he may have done it twice. That was us. in Atlanta when he put up, what, 200 yards? 300. Is that when he ruined the career of Benye Ben Wickery? Yeah. Yeah. Poor. And you know what? It wasn't even his fault. That's not we fair. We cut him immediately after the it game. It's not even fair. My man had an injury, like a horrific leg injury where he missed. It was his first game back. And they go, go man up Julio. (laughs) And you're like, wait a second. He shouldn't have manned up Julio even before the injury. What an a-hole move by the Panthers, too. I agree. Hey, we fixed the problem. We got rid of this cornerback. We're good. We're fine now. (sighs) 
Right. It was such a, and that was one of the things that one always rubbed me wrong about Ron Rivera because he totally threw Ben Wickery under the bus. Sticky Wicky, we called Sticky him. Sticky Wicky. He came on the podcast. I always had, a, you know, liked him a lot. Um, but yeah, Julio, no, Julio had 300 and something yards. Matt, uh, Matt Ryan had like almost 600 passing yards in that game. It was insane. How about you, Chandler? Anybody come to mind? Uh, I do remember the very first game, uh, Panthers game I went to, 2011. It was Cam Newton's rookie year. It was the Panthers versus Chris Johnson and the Tennessee Titans. Mariani took a touchdown. The Panthers lost that game. It was a disgusting game. So was that whole year. But Mariani, you remember the little white guy for them, number 83? Not really. He had a touch. He broke his leg real bad. He had a uh, punt return touchdown. That's about it. I mean, I That's wa- what you remember. Uh, I did go see the Bucks and the Pan- uh, the Panthers one time, but Josh McCown was the uh, quarterback that day uh, for the Bucks. So I don't think Mike Evans uh, had a really good day. <laughs> Mark day. Mariani, Mark good Mariani. memory there, Taylor. Huh? I I got one live one for you. Is um, Michael Vick ruined a couple of? I seem like I always went to Panthers Falcons games. Like that was like for a, like almost like a tradition for me. Seem like the first few games I ever went to were all Falcons games. I was there for the Mike Vick Superman play where he jumped from the five-yard line to a touchdown and hovered one inch above the ground. It was, you know, you're like, there's no way. You're like, put it up on the board. Put it up on the board. There's going to be something that touches, and he really did it. But uh, I was at another Falcons game. This was probably like maybe I was, ooh, God, I don't know how long ago this was. When when was Vick in? What was his years in? Atlanta? Yeah. Uh, they end in what oh eight oh two to something I'll so this know. must have been 2006 or seven uh, hold on let me google that real quick i got uh i got i'm gonna google michael vick's uh years in atlanta all right gonna google michael vick michael vick gonna google michael 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 michael, michael vick gonna google michael vick gonna google he michael is google so this would have probably been 0405 ish range, 06, and uh Algie Crumple, I was there, the Panthers are playing the Falcons. He's saying cut the music. Cut the music! That's what that means. I like your Google Mob, but cut the music. So uh and and what he also means is turn it off. <laughs> turn not, that thing off. Cut it off cut it out um algae crump we were up the whole game up the whole game 13 10 or something like that and all the way and then the last four minutes of the game mike vick hits algae crumpler across the middle it takes and this big boy just hauled all the way down the touchdown who was a tight end yeah and tony when i think of when i saw the falcons play washington live and tony gonzalez torched us matt ryan to tony g um all right well there you go uh there's that talk cj uh well let's take a break we'll come back i'll give you my favorites in washington and uh cj will get your Steelers, and we'll see if there's any news and notes oh by the way chandler i'll let tony uh, answer this too so this was 2011 tony cam rookie year panthers uh fell to two and seven on this day who was the panthers leading receiver that game that Chandler went to. Steve Smith, 5 for 33. Greg Olson, 4 for 45. Stewart, Shockey, LaFell, D'Angelo. But this player had eight catches for 75 yards. Uh, I'll take a break. See if y'all can think of the answer. We're back after this. 
to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Watch all the Pirate Radio's local programming on YouTube Live. Go to YouTube and search for Pirate Radio TV and subscribe today. Watch Pirate Radio Live Monday through Friday, 3 to, 3 to 6 p.m., and the Bud Light pregame tailgate and U.S. Cellular fifth quarter on game days. Just go to YouTube and search Pirate Radio TV and subscribe. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is Flip Rock. All right, how do I know I made the uh, the right choice saying Tony Dunn and Chandler Honeycutt are my Panthers guys? Because I asked a game that, uh, and boy, this was a blowout. Chris Johnson had a big day. 130 rushing yards, 44 receiving yards. Chandler, a young Chandler Honeycutt, saw the Titans blow out the Panthers in 2011. And I asked you, who had eight catches on that day for Carolina for 75 yards? Chandler got it. And, well, and I just, you couldn't think of his name, but you had the guy. I was Because well, immediately you said, yeah. Nope. Uh, Chandler, who was it? Well, I had to think of the most random receiver on the Carolina Panthers that year, and it had to be Leganu Nene. Uh, I think you're leaving Close. out a D. Close. Legadu? Legadu. Legadu Nene. Eight catches, 75 yards. Good job, Chandler. Thank you. And Tony, was that the guy you were thinking of without hamstrings? Is that no, what you were no, that's not the guy. Oh, okay. Who was no. that guy? I can't remember. Oh, you that. can't remember? All right. My favorites. Um, so. Are you happy about the Gibson extension? McLaurin. McLaurin. Classic Tony there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> no. Very happy. Good. I mean, I'm too old to have a new favorite player. I think I've aged out of having a favorite player. But Terry McLaurin could very well be just because he's awesome and he's like nice, dude. God, I hate saying this. Last time I did, it was about Deshaun Watson. Oh, great guy! He's a great guy. He just ruined it. Um, we didn't say that about Miles Bridges, did we? No, never said he was a good guy. Uh, but he's also one of the toughest guys. Like I, I love Terry McLaurin. Uh, my first favorite guy would have been that i watched i got his jersey when we went up there to a game when i was a kid michael westbrook thought he was going to be the man he ended up beating up a teammate famously on camera stephen davis uh but he didn't love football and i wish i'd have known that so uh him i would probably say i can't say westbrook now because just he never turned out to be what i wanted him to be but watching washington football i guess my favorite would be Glenn Portis's teammate there, Santana Moss. Loves oh, Santana. Oh, yeah. He was good. He was awesome. Fun to watch. I've been talking about Stephen Davis a lot this week. They have one of those uh, build your team with $15 things. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, you said clearly somebody that was younger than Chandler made this because they put Stephen Davis in the $1 category. Mm, and I bargain. was like, yeah. So I did Cam Newton and Steve Smith were the $5 category. And then I did uh steven davis i took that and like i ended up uh taking oh robbie anderson for a dollar and then um like jeff king i was like paid more for a tight end yeah yeah but um steven davis i was looking at his numbers he had a credible three four year stretch i mean most of that was with obviously with uh the redskins and i was thinking about running backs just because you we were talking about last week so i've been Look around. My, I looked up the stats for one of my, my favorite non-Panther player. He's like in my top. Is Randy Moss is a non-Panther favorite I had, and Marshall Falk. Yeah, he had a four or five year stretch that was absolutely insane. Thirteen hundred yards and like seven. Man, he was hitting. He hits the two thousand. We celebrate McCaffrey like it was this crazy thing. 
to toot that 1,000, 1,000. Marshall Falk did it like it was like nothing. He did it four years in a row. Um, just incredible numbers by Marshall Falk. Maybe almost underrated. And at that time, too, especially, where running backs weren't <laughs> catching as much as they do today. Right. Um, so total yards, Falk. Let's just look at his, like, okay, this streak. So he had 1,800 as a rookie. Do you remember where he started his career? Uh, I think I just saw it, Indy. Yeah, he started. So he's Indy. the two. You know, they had this. Uh, Indy had them. He had Marshall Falk, and then he goes on to have another great run with the uh, Rams. But then your one of your favorites was uh, Edrin. Yeah, Edrin, Edrin James, James started with them. Too, he was awesome. And then went to Arizona. Love Edge. So he went from '98 to '01. Uh, over 2,200 yards, over 2,400 yards in 99, uh, just under 2,200 yards in 2000, over 2,100 in 01 combined yards. And even outside of that, uh, still had some monster seasons. But, yeah, that's pretty That stretch right there. That's incredible. That was when I won fantasy football because I just had Marshall Falk. He had seven 1,000-yard rushing seasons. And uh, another one that's in the nine hundred. That's crazy. You know, I think uh, one of the things that makes me I like to think about this is because Christian McCaffrey is like you're start. We're starting to hit the debate of is he injury prone? You yeah. know, is he gonna? Is this the end? Or should uh, C C W Sloan asked me if we should be moving him to the slot? And uh, you know, I've tried to to temper that with you know these injuries haven't been occurring the first has not been one giant injury where he's like torn his knee or butchered his shoulder or something like that and had surgery they've been these soft soft tissue injuries and non-contact a lot of times but i was thinking a lot of times people panther fans get mad at how much christian mccaffrey is on the field and i wonder if the if saints fan i asked the saints fan this once is do you do you guys say that about alvin kamara and I really don't want to say this. But I hope there's no racial, implicit racial bias going on there because I, he's like, no, there's Saints fans that say he's not on the field enough, <laughs> you know. And then, but when I go back and look at these older players, they were, you know, uh, Marshall Falk didn't carry the ball a ton though. Man, he did. It was like 250, but he was catching the ball a lot. Alvin Kamara. Well, you can't say that about Kamara. Games played: 16, 15, 14, 15, 13. Why would they say that about Kamara? He's played in games. No, that that he's not uh, like used enough. Like so, because the Panther fans are saying they want to limit the reps. That oh, you're saying should Saint fans say we need to limit protect him? Oh, okay. Because of these, because he's dealt with he, injuries. He's right? a one man show a lot of and, times in New Orleans. But, and they're like, no, give him the ball more. Well, you know why they're not saying that? Because he's played in. All, he hasn't been hurt a lot like Christian. He's had some. Yeah, man. But again, that's a lot of games to play. Yeah. All right, CJ, uh, favorite Steelers receiver? I'd go Heinz Ward, but Gotta if there be. wasn't the big break-off between Antonio Brown and the Steelers, he would probably be the answer. Yeah. I have a favorite uh, Steelers receiver, Plaxico Burris. Yeah. That's a shot to the leg. Thanks a lot. <laughs> That's so lame. Uh, he was so good, though. <laughs> he, was, no, he was very good. I And, God, I just remember him from not only shooting and not only going um, – cheddar bob but also him spiking the ball as a rookie after a catch rolling around on the ground spiking the ball and then the other team just picking it up and running the other way because he forgot the nfl rules where you have to be touched he wasn't the smartest no all right uh how about underrated um i'd go martavis bryant 
I think Ugh. I loved his I loved his speed. Um, yeah, but he should have been more, right? I think, well, I think he was always going to be behind Antonio Brown, and I think from an attitude perspective, he had attitude problems. Yeah. Yeah. And from that perspective, I mean, he was never going to be anything more than what he was. But he, the talent was there. All right. He had a, man. Imagine saying you got attitude problems and then being in the same room with. Uh, <laughs> but not yeah. as bad as Antonio Brown. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that is that's that he's he had an underrated attitude. Who is uh, who is that one receiver that was super fast that went to Miami? Mike Wallace. Wallace. Mike Wallace. Yeah. Yep. He had stone hands too. Also, what could have been? Felt like he should have been better. Yep. Yeah. Um. Who was the Steelers killer? Uh. Since you've been watching football, oh, that receiver. Gronk. Gronk. Any well, non any receiver? Um, Braylon Edwards? <laughs> no, oh, <that's> a, <laughs> no, probably not. He was pretty good. He had a good little stretch, uh, like a couple of years. Hit the music channel. <laughs> <laughs> if you that period of time in the mid 2010s when the Bengals won the division a couple of times, AJ Green would be the answer oh, yeah. for those. And I was gonna say like those battles with the Ravens, but they never really had great receivers. Maybe Those were just, once or twice. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> Braylon Edwards had one 1,000-yard year with the Browns. 16 touchdowns, Tony Dunn. Yeah. How about his 2007? Almost 1,300 yards, 16 touchdowns for Braylon Edwards. That was a good year. That was a good year. Um, you, have you ever heard of Let Me Google That for you? No. It's a website. So, uh, have uh, you ever I, heard of this? <laughs> <laughs> There's a website that because like a lot of people will send emails to so instructors it. that were like, uh, how, what is this? You just like, let me Google that for you. And if you go to this website and type in the Google search, it gives you this link and you can send them this link. And what it does is it's like a little video yep. of Google popping up. I've seen that on Twitter a lot. Typed up. So, I, so I can use, so anybody could use that? Yeah, let me Google that. So if anybody asks you a question that they could easily Google themselves, you send them that. Oh, man. So I, I love making people look like fools. I'm going to have to start utilizing yeah, it's that. it's a great one. I can't send it to students because it's kind of a, it would be a jerk move, but yeah. I do think about it. Chad says most underrated. Chad always has a Titans thing. God. Most underrated Steelers receiver is Tarboro's own Yancey Thigpen. <laughs> he only nice. said that because he played for the Titans. My dad, when he was doing recruiting for the military, talked to Yancey Thigpen, apparently. Turn that down. Cut that off and say that again, CJ. My dad has told me a story before, and I think it was about Yancey Thigpen. When he was recruiting as a Marine, Okay. Um, he talked to Yancey Thigpen. Obviously, he didn't go to the Marines, Yeah. but he talked he to him. He played in the NFL. Cool story. Neat that story. Cool, neat story. <laughs> All right, Tony, uh, you got the C3 podcast Tuesday? Yes, uh, the Friday free-for-all tonight where there's right. an opportunity for fans to come on and hang out on the podcast. And then we're doing a bunch of – we're you know, we're starting to, trying to set some goals of growth. We're trying to get 4,000 subscribers by the beginning of the season. Everybody we're, subscribe. Yeah, where are you at, at right now? 3,600. Wow. Smash the yeah. like button. Yeah, Smash the Smash sub. Um, and I want to get to 5,000 by the end of the season because right now we're the number one Panthers podcast when you Google it. If you, if you Google it. All right, let's uh, let's uh, let's test just, it. Just go to Google. Panthers podcast. Oh, dude, Carolina Panthers podcast. <laughs> Chandler's getting good back there. 
Google him up. Google him up. Oh, I see. All right. Google him up. And we had someone do this in Canada. And uh, when it said number one, I said we're the number one in North America now. Oh, nice. Yeah. All yeah. right. Uh, yeah. And so Why would you listen to the Four Man Rush or the Meow Mix <laughs> when you can listen to the C3 Panthers podcast? I know. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, Tony. Thank you. Take a time out. Come back. Hour three. Pirate Radio Live on the way. We'll talk to Morgan Aylers, Mark Greenelge, Brian North. More to go after this. Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Tiebreakers is open every day at 11 a.m. and it's the best place to watch our favorite sports while enjoying the best wings in town. Sandwiches, appetizers, cold beer, and more. Follow Tiebreakers on Facebook and Instagram for daily updates. Tiebreakers in Greenville at Bell's Fork and in downtown Winterville on Railroad Street. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, Cliff Brock. All right. Thank you, CJ Schaefer. Chandler, is this from your personal collection here? Is this what you're into? Yeah. Yeah, this is good you stuff like here. It? Yeah. I want to be in a club July 4th week with this blaring. Wait, with this? That's my good time. Love Pirate Radio. Hey, when are we going to that rave we talked about, guys? I don't know, but I hope they play this. Song has this part. Too, oh yeah, where now, they bring now it get down. low, get low. <laughs> Wait, I, we gotta get hear the low. we gotta hear the beat come back up though, because it's gonna come back, right? How I much, hope so. How much time's left in the song? Oh, we got another about a minute. Okay. Uh oh. Bring it back. It's building. Here we go. Everybody, clap your hands. Tell you what, I can't wait for the next doggy jams because <laughs> I'm going to be the headliner. DJ What's this uh, track called? Summer Games. Uh, exactly. It's summer. Hey, we can do whatever we want. It's summer. It's summer. Shirley's not here. Just the guys. This is what happens when Shirley is not here. That's right. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, uh, it's over anyway. So. Uh, that was fun. And this is like summer ending, right? Like summer's over. Like this song. This is not summer. Summer's not over. I was about to say, didn't but, it just start? But this is the song of the summer. I mean, yeah. And that ending you just heard is like when uh, you know, September, October rolls around. Wake me up right. when September ends. Yeah, right, right. Oh, yeah. Green Day talked about it. Didn't uh was it Green Day's guy that's moving out of the country? I don't know. Do y'all follow the news? No, I don't really. Especially either. not Green Day news. News is 
<laughs> you don't get you're not subscribed i don't have that app to the green day times <laughs> in green day news the drummer was spotted uh working out this morning oh, that's wow. cool that's cool no i think the uh green day guy was like leaving the country because he was upset <laughs> all right I'm sorry the bye <laughs> bye I guess bye felicia if you don't like america you can leave i got a good song for you to leave to <laughs> see you later baby. see you later bye bye see you later bye bye see you later bye bye don't come back maybe he's mad because this music's taking over america <laughs> and we're no longer listening to dookie or Pooh Shasty. Dookie uh, was the famous <laughs> album. Dookie and Pooh. <laughs> famous album uh, from Green Day in the early 90s. 1994. Let's head out to the Pirate Radio Live Line and transition the only way we can and uh, talk some golf and other topics with Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show. He joins us on a Dude Friday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Greeny, how you doing today? I'm doing good, Clip. How are you doing? Doing great. And, uh, Greeny, uh, if you want to look at it, if you're a, a sports nut like myself, uh, this is the last month without a football game for a while. If you prefer uh, the beach in summer, well, folks, we're entering a, a great month for that as well. So all smiles all around. And uh, and, and we'll start with the, the football today, Greeny. I've enjoyed uh, asking you about uh, some Clemson Tigers football of the past. And this week on the show, we talked ECU wide receivers, the position group uh for 2022 and also looking back at some of our favorites and you want to talk about some nominees for best or favorite all-time clemson wide receivers that list is pretty stacked greeny so let me ask you uh do you have an all-time favorite and, and who's uh who are the guys at the top of your list for clemson wide receivers well it's interesting you know it's when i was at clemson of course we were the three yards in a, in a <laughs> you know uh, I was there at the end of the Danny Ford era, and, you know, we had a guy named Cooper who um, would every once in a while we'd run some kind of uh, triple option reversed, and somebody would chuck – some other receiver would chuck it down the field, and, and he would catch it. And uh, it was kind of crazy back then, you know. I mean, they were, really didn't have any receivers to, to speak of uh, that, that did a whole lot. We had some tight ends that did more blocking than receiving. So – you know, you had to get into the later years when the offense opened up. And, you know, obviously we had uh, Hunter Renfro is probably, you know, he's like, you know, as a Patriots guy, he's Julian Edelman. Like he's that guy that was always depended on over the middle, made big catches, obviously made one of the, you know, one of the catches to win the national championship. We all know that Perry Tuttle back in 81 was the guy that caught the touchdown back pass to beat Nebraska for the first national championship. So if you're a Clemson guy, those two probably have to be at the top of your list. Yeah, and uh, yeah, the national championship catches certainly, and you've got tons of studs in the league right now. Renfro's getting paid, but uh, DeAndre Hopkins, of course, and, and T. Higgins, Mike Williams, Sammy Watkins come to mind. Uh, how about a, a Redskins guy, Greeny, that uh, just that never put it together? I blame almost blame the franchise more than him because anytime we drafted a receiver early, it never worked out. But uh, there was uh, once where I had high hopes for Rod Gardner. Uh, got it done at Clemson, never really could get it done in the league. Yeah, he was an interesting guy, you know, and he kind of flourished and, and really had one good season and, uh, and made some big catches at Clemson. But, you know, I don't know. I never really got the sense that he was going to be that guy at the next level. Yeah. And, it, and it, it's kind of hard from that standpoint is uh, – you know, you either you feel like you either got to be really fast, 
really, you know, kind of a, a tall, over-the-middle, you know, sideline kind of end zone kind of threat. Or you got to be somebody that never drops the ball. I don't know if he ever really fit into any of those categories. So I was kind of surprised that uh, the Redskins went with him as, as quickly as they did. Greeny, we were talking ACC this week uh, with Jeff Nadeau, big man on campus. We talked gambling and looked ahead at the odds to win the, the conference this year. And Clemson's a favorite and I'm wondering, is that based off of just name and, and history? Is it more about, all right, there's no teams around them, really, that could come up and, and take the title? Because last year, uh, th- this offense was tough to watch, and, and that has not been the case for Clemson for many years. But I, I don't know, is the thought that they're just going to, okay, last year was a bit of an anomaly, and they're going to get back to their their dominant ways? Or is it just more about, okay, maybe the ACC as a whole isn't that strong to, to take down Clemson this year? Well, the funny thing is that, you know, last year the defense was pretty good, even despite the fact that they had a bunch of injuries, even late in the year. I mean, I still go back to the bowl game that they, they played pretty well, is that, you know, they had three or four, you know, guaranteed NFL, you know, first, second round, third round picks standing on the sideline, and we're still playing some pretty good defense. Those guys, for the most part, come back. They get a bunch of guys back from injury. They've got some other players. Defensively, they could be the top – team in the country right but of course a lot of that goes back to the offensive side of the ball can they actually move the ball and take a little pressure off the defense I mean you know we all know that no matter how good a defense is if your offense keeps going three and out your defense is eventually going to break right so it comes back down to I think for me quarterback play and how the offensive line handles the changes now they've had to take somebody else off of a guard position put them at center how does he respond um, I think they're set at both the tackle positions. So it's really up the middle where that offensive line needs to come together pretty quick. The good news is they don't have that big game against like a Georgia coming out of the gate. So they might have a couple of weeks to kind of get themselves settled and, and maybe get out in front of things and go from there. But it's going to come down to quarterback play. And, you know, we've seen what happened with Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you know, he didn't start the first four games of the season, but he was definitely the better guy when he came in. I mean, I think DJ is up against that now with Kay Glubnick in the, in the mix. And, heck, we even got this kid, Christopher Vizina, who uh, apparently in the Elite 11 is showing out and was rated as high as number two in that coming in for, for the following season. So um, I think DJ's on the hot seat. If he, doesn't, if he doesn't ball out in the first couple games, he might find himself transferring. Man, it will be interesting to follow the QB situation there in Death Valley. And one more Clemson question for you, Greeny, with, you know, Oklahoma, Texas making the move to the SEC. Now USC, UCLA making the move to the Big 12. These giant power conferences that are spanning nationwide are forming before our eyes. And and where does the ACC stand in that? Where does Clemson stand in that if the SEC comes calling uh, would Clemson say yes to the SEC? So how about the Atlantic Coast Conference as we know it now and Clemson standing in there? I mean, nothing should surprise anybody anymore, but how about uh, would you be surprised if Clemson's not a member of the ACC, say two, three, four, five years from now? I mean, I thought years ago that uh, they were going to get pulled into the SEC when they had the chance. I think uh, I think the ACC did everything they could to try and keep them around. Um you know, I, I think it makes no sense for Southern Cal and UCLA to, to no. go play in the Midwest, right? I, what I think, I think we need to blow this whole thing up. I think we need four conferences of 16 teams. You make two eight-team divisions, and then you have a whole system where 
you know what? You win your division, the bowl season becomes, or the playoffs become, your division leaders play each other, then those division win- that, those game winners go play the other guys, and you end up with a national champion. You now, obviously, that's only 64 teams, right? There's other teams on the outside looking in. There's got to be some form of almost like Premier League soccer where there's some kind of relegation. Where yeah. When you finish last in your division, right, you in the bowl season, you go play against other teams that are on the outside looking in, and there's a secondary competition. Imagine the money that you could start formulating if you had that relegation and you had teams that are fighting to go up and teams that are fighting to not go down along with these winners that are going to play for a national championship. Now your bowl games become much more intriguing in that season because there's something to play for, right? And I think we're at the time where, you know, you got two West Coast Southern California teams going to play Ohio State, Michigan, and the Midwest over to Penn State, Pennsylvania. It doesn't make sense. Let's figure something out that makes it work for everybody, and everybody makes a boatload of money. And that is what it's all about at the end of the day. Mark Greenhill's Golf Shop Radio Show joining us. We'll talk some golf now. And, Greening, I think you brought up this part of it, the Ryder Cup. I haven't really put too much thought of, of Ryder Cup and, and what does the live tour mean for Ryder, Club, uh, Ryder Cup. I, I believe you have mentioned it, but came out this week where uh, Zach Johnson is talking about it, and, and he said something to the effect of, I know this much. In order to play on the Ryder Cup, whether you're a top six or a pick, you must garner Ryder Cup points through the PGA of America. And he went on to talk about, hey, he's got friends that jump to the Live Tour and all that. So does it look like, Greeny, that these Live Tour guys are not going to be able to compete on Team USA in the Ryder Cup moving forward? That's certainly what Zach Johnson made it sound like, uh, you know, that they have they have to be members of the PGA of America and they get that membership through the PGA Tour. And if they're not members of the PGA Tour, then they're not eligible to play uh, on the Ryder Cup. We know that the PGA Tour runs the President's Cup. So come the fall here in September, they won't be playing on the President's Cup team. So the question becomes what happens on the European uh, Tour side, the DP World Tour side, you know, and uh, those players kind of, threatened that they were going to run a lawsuit out there today. Um, So that's going to be the interesting part. And the DP World Tour fought back and basically said, you know what, Uh, we're not going to take this. We're not going to be silent anymore. And, you know, the funny thing is, is you've got guys like, you know, Sergio, Poulter, Westwood, and and Graham McDowell who are all saying, we've supported this tour. Not lately, you haven't. Um, You know, you take somebody like Sergio Garcia in his last 36 events in 21 and 22, has only played six truly DP World Tour events. Now, I'm not counting major championships because they're all part of the DP World Tour, whether it's the Open Championship, the U.S. Open, whatever. Purely DP World Tour events, standalone events. He's only played six in his last 36. And by the way, probably at least four of those, he's getting appearance fees from the Saudis, from Dubai and places like that, or playing in the Tour Championship. So, really, he's only played in the the BMW, which was last week in Germany and last year in Germany. So, you know, to say that we've supported this tour, you used to support this tour, but you haven't done it lately. So, I find it hard to believe that there's an argument there. Mark Greenelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. John Deere Classic going on. Greeny, I'm looking up and down the leaderboard and... Do not see too many big names uh, in this event. Uh, your your top names, anyway. So, what are you uh, what are you looking at as far as the John Deere Classic this weekend? 
Yeah, unfortunately, the John Deere Classic strength of field this week, uh, according to the world ranking system, is only 54, whereas the Irish Open over uh, in Ireland is 126. Oh, wow. What happened, what happened is this event got moved. Traditionally, the John Deere was the week before the Open Championship. Guys that, didn't, that weren't in the Open Championship that wanted to go play went and played in the John Deere. You usually got a pretty decent field. Then there was a plane that took you from the John Deere over to the Open Championship. With it being moved a week earlier, what you've run into is that there's a big Pro-Am event that's going to be happening uh, next week over in Europe. So a lot of guys, a lot of top players, whether it's live guys or PGA Tour guys or European Tour guys, are going to go play in that. So generally, those guys are going to leave, you know, now or in the next in the next day or so to head over there. Um, and then you have the co-sponsored Scottish Open. So that's kind of what happened. But if you traditionally look at the John Deere Classic. There's some big names that we know now are big names that got their start there. I mean, Jordan Spieth won his first ever event at the John Deere, right? Bryson DeChambeau won his first ever event at the John Deere. So the John Deere can be a springboard for guys to become almost legendary status on the PGA Tour. So that's what you kind of look for this week. Is okay. Who's the, who's the up-and-coming guy that wins this thing that might have a really good uh, explosive career after he wins it? I'll keep that in mind. Maybe not a big name currently, but this week's champion uh, could end up being a big name. Greeny, uh, what's coming up this weekend, this Saturday, on the Golf Shop Radio Show? So, with the Scottish Open being a co-sponsored event over uh, between the PGA Tour and the DP World Tour, there is actually a, another event on the PGA Tour. So we're going to check in with the tournament director for the Barbasol Championship, Darren Nelson. We'll talk to our man, Bill Bender. And we're also going to catch up with the guy who's responsible for the fitness and the swing program for the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, Dr. Jeremy James of Golf Forever. So he's going to break down how do we build a number one player in the world? So we'll, we'll get a little bit of that uh, as well. So good stuff on Saturday. Awesome show planned for uh, Mark Greenhelge and company on the Golf Shop Radio Show. Greeny, we are off next week, so we'll reconvene with you, uh, talk more golf with you in a couple weeks. Have a great July 4th, and uh, we'll catch up with you then. Yeah, happy 4th, Cliff. Have a good one. Thank you, Greeny. Mark Greenhelge, Golf Shop Radio Show, joining us. Check it out, 8 to 10 a.m. Saturday right here on pirate radio we will take a time out come back and talk to brian north wcti 12 he'll join us here um our last guest before we go on a hiatus here so north joins us after this time out Listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back for the latest breaking news, interesting stories, and awesome contests that can make you a winner. Be sure to follow Pirate Radio on all our social medias on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at PR927. FM. Join the over 57,000 followers today, and that is PR927FM. Now let's head back into PRL. Here's your host, 
with Brock. Back with you, Pirate Radio Live on a getaway Friday. Thanks for tuning in today. Just the boys hanging out. CJ, Chandler, myself. And our uh, our closer, our final guest of uh, until we go on a bit of a hiatus. We'll be off next week. Got some best ofs coming your way. But Brian North still to join us on today's program. So let's make the call to the bullpen. North, how you doing on this Friday? I'm all right. I feel like I'm that low leverage closer that you use when you're down like 10 runs, you know, and everybody's already trying to get to the holiday weekend. So I'm good, though. I'll get the innings in. I'm cool. I'm cool. You are a utility man. You've joined us pretty much every day of the week since I've been doing shows here at Pirate Radio uh, every hour. So whatever. I mean, you, you fill in nicely. We can put you in short. We can put you over at first. We can bring you in the pitch, whatever. I feel like I've really greatly reduced my um, negotiating by doing that. You know, I yeah. hard line and demand, high salaries, and all the green M and M's taken out of the, my tree. But no, no. I'm well, I think what helped us too was you just, uh, you know, getting married, having all these girls. Like you have no say in anything anymore. You're just a beaten, you're just a beaten down man, Brian. <laughs> so let me tell you that that when I have no say, like when clip. Clip text me and say, can you be on the show at this time? I go, hang on, uh, honey, not be on the show with Clip at this time. And so I have to get her blessing. So. <laughs> a, very, a very emasculated Brian North joins us on the program today. <laughs> uh, let's see. Chainsaw today and cutting trees to make me feel better. There you go. Real man stuff. Uh, Brian, what uh, what's your must-have at a uh, July 4th cookout? A chair. <laughs> I like to just sit. Yeah. Just watch things and sip a beverage. And uh, so chair is, mo- is number one. Good call. Uh, I, you know, I go with the cool foods. I like, you know, the salad. Get me a nice uh, macaroni salad or potato okay. salad sometimes. Yeah. Uh, hot dogs and hamburgers both will be consumed. Um, and that's about it. You know, just some good, some good outdoor grill food, a comfy chair, a cold beverage, and a nice light breeze if, if we can provide it. How about this? We talked to Rich Shea yesterday, president of Major League Eating, Brian, and uh, the Coney Island 4th of July hot dog eating contest going on. On the 4th of July, Rich Shea will be a part of the broadcast on the ESPN family and networks. And we always talk about, you know, what would be our specialty if if we if we could kind of control our own contest, set up our own rules. What, what type of food do you think you could eat a lot of in a short amount of time? What would you pick? Donuts. I, for some reason, I can sit there and eat 180 donuts and still not be full. So I feel like I could win a donut eating contest of some kind. Okay, going with the uh, with the sweets there. Not bad. That'd be pretty good. I think they, in fact, they just had a donut hole eating contest that they added to the schedule. So you might want to think, look into that. Yeah, all right, that's good. The problem is, you know, all the calories consumed. So after I eat those 120 donuts, you know, like. Three days later, I'm like the Michelin man trying to walk around and wondering what the hell happened to me. But, yeah, donuts are the one thing that don't ever fill me up. All right. Interesting. Well, there's consequences to all of our actions, and, and that's a bad one when it comes to eating. I can uh, attest to that. All right, Brian, sports world-wise, we've got local baseball, Major League Baseball, I guess some golf, some racing, some NASCAR, if you want to get into that. So we got a few things on the docket, but anything uh, grabbing your attention these days? So, you know me, I'm always about the ENC stuff. Yeah. Anytime Skip Holtz is coaching in the U.S. <laughs> game or Justin Hardy playing in a Thursday night Canadian Football League game. And as I say that, I never look to see what he did last night or his stats. But I know Justin Hardy played in a CFL game. 
Yeah, and I wish I uh, was aware of that, Brian, because I forgot all about it and forgot he was playing there. I have not watched a USFL game this year, but maybe it's time to uh, to finally catch one and see if Skip can can win the big one. Taking on the Philadelphia Stars, who have a wide receiver named Bug Howard, which many people know oh, yeah. he played at UNC. And, and look, I haven't watched a ton of USFL, but when I've watched the Birmingham Stallions coached by Skip Holt, it looks like the nine, uh, 2009 East. <laughs> <laughs> good on defense, conservative on offense, good running back. They've got the uh, Alabama running back, uh, Bo Scarborough. Oh, yeah, yeah, I remember him. They picked him up middle of the year, and they've been riding him a lot. And, and Skip's got his quarterback from Louisiana Tech, Jamar Smith. And, you know, it, it, he yells at Jamar every time he doesn't hand off. And so <laughs> Quit checking out of my run plays. <laughs> <laughs> so the same old stuff with Skippy, you know, conservative offense, rely on your defense, and at the end of the day, you just win and you take home the trophy, which is pretty cool. Uh, Brian North joining us. Uh, Brian, we talked wide receivers this week with Stephen Igo, a position of uh, well, has some question marks going into this season, but uh, there is some unknown talent, some untapped talent there. At least here, the, Isaiah Winstead has been a talent at Toledo, and we expect him to kind of come in right away and hopefully develop a connection with Holden Aylers. But we also talk receivers of the past, Brian, and I, am I, I start and end the conversation with Dwayne Harris. I mean, that, and I don't think I'm alone there, but as, it's not just being a wide receiver, it's being a football player. He was my all time favorite football player here at ECU. So, uh, how about you as you look back, Brian, your, uh, your favorite receivers here at ECU? Well, we always start locally, right? And you go with Justin Hardy, yeah. set the all-time catches record for college football, and then it was broken by Zay Jones. And so you had two back-to-back guys play play together, and I think they played with Dwayne a little bit too. So uh, it starts with me with Justin, who was a guy who wasn't wanted by any Division One teams. He was going to go to Fayetteville State, follow his brother there, who was a quarterback at Fayetteville State. At the last second, he uh, coaching cha- coaching staff changed, and uh, they convinced them to let Justin walk on, and then he becomes one of the best receivers in the country. So that's where it starts with me. Zay Jones right behind him. Obviously, Dwayne Harris is in the mix, too. But Troy Smith, a J.H. Rose, yeah. who I always, I always, you know, you keep asking me these questions, I always go back to the beginning for me. And I was in those Steve Logan, David Garrard years, and Troy Smith was the best deep threat in the country, I thought. Cup of coffee with the Eagles, right, Brian? Yeah. 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 He'd go play real quick for the Eagles. And Troy's back in the area working in rec departments and doing great things, passing his knowledge. But I always like talking with Troy. He was just uh, just go routes, man. Just run down the field faster than anybody. David Gerard would throw it as far as he could, and Troy would catch it. So that's a guy I always enjoyed. Look, Terrence Copper had what I always thought was an underrated career at ECU because he played through the John Thompson years and yeah. he got thrown the ball a ton. But he put up pretty good numbers. And then Terrence played a long time in the NFL. So – all these guys from Eastern North Carolina, so that's uh, where it always begins and ends for me. Well, here, here's one, Mr. E and C. Maybe the best high school performance I saw one night was Danny Webster almost beating J, a very good J.H. Rose team by himself and, and just doing everything. And unfortunately, his uh, the end of his book here at East Carolina, those chapters, we ripped those pages out. Uh, they were, um, But, man, he was mentioned, and I put it out to – to people that, that follow us, he was mentioned in the underrated category. Kind of uh, tough to say when he doesn't finish his career here, but right. man, he was uh, he was a phenomenal player. You want to talk about like uh, you talk about Allen Iverson, pound for pound, maybe the best player. Like pound for pound, he could go and was really fun to watch, especially in high school. And he made some a lot of plays here at ECU. So in high school, he was I said you know one of five players I would have ever paid to watch. Yeah. 
he was so much fun. He was so electric and dynamic with the ball in his hands, running the ball. He wasn't a great passer, but he had Michael Vick type skills running the ball, and no one could catch him. And he would do it with a flair, yeah. dramatic, uh, you could even say unsportsmanlike way. <laughs> he would do the okie doke and spin around and laugh at guys. And he was one of the biggest trash talkers. But it was never, I was, it was never your mama trash talk. It was what's wrong with you? You can't tackle me, trash talk. Yeah. And he looked, and but then he'd go on the defensive side and he hit the crap out of people. We used to have back when it was cool to do so our blitz hit of the night. Right. And he, yeah, he would win that thing like three to four times every year, probably could win it every night, but we tried to give it to other people. But he would blast people from his safety position, and he had so much fun doing it. But just like his ECU career, he uh, quit his senior year at Havelock, and that kind of put a cloud over it. Yeah. ECU, went to ECU. Everybody says he's going to be Wes Welker, wear number 33. He had moments of brilliance, but same thing. I don't think he ever lived up to what I thought his capabilities could be. But that, look, Danny's always been happy-go-lucky. He's always been happy with his life. He always says he doesn't have any regrets. But I always thought he had a ton of talent and was just starting to scratch the surface at ECU uh, when he decided to quit playing. Brian North joining us, and uh, similar in stature, similar in skin pigment, uh, Tyler Sneed. Big shoes to fill, Brian, with him not at East Carolina anymore. And will it be Josiah Hatfield? Will it be somebody that's an unknown at this moment? I don't know, but between – and your top two receivers from last year are gone in Tyler Sneed and and Audio Matosho. And we're going to be looking at another guy who hopefully will live up to his potential that's an Eastern North Carolina guy, C.J. Johnson. You know, what is his role going to be on this 2022 team? All right, and C.J. gets all his stuff back together again and uh, and and becomes eligible, look, he, he's had all the potential in the world, and he was a great high school receiver as well. And he'll be a target, but the thing about ECU, I just think they're really deep at receiver. And there's a lot of guys we don't know about, but, you know, see ball, catch ball. I'll give you a name right now that I am hoping comes through, and I've been salivating, waiting for him, and they've moved in positions a little bit. But Macy O'Donnell, the guy who could fit into that Taylor uh, Tyler Sneed yeah. in the slot, they put him in the slot. He's fast as all get out. Um, he has the desire. It's just a matter of whether Maceo has the maturity, and is it his time? Is he, is he ready to finally take advantage of the situation now that it's his time? But I think that's a guy who has all the skill set to do it. Uh, not a big name, wasn't highly recruited, was a walk-on, but watch out for Macy O'Donnell. He has all the tools it takes to be that Tyler Sneed type guy. Now he's just got to prove it on the field and on the practice field. All right, I like that call. A guy that I think, what, Brian, started at running back. Now they're trying him in that slot spot to see if he can find a home there. They started at receiver. He came in and walked in, and, and they would tell me even his, his true freshman year, no one could guard him. Like, no one could, could check him on the practice squad. And, and then they moved him to running back because they were thin there. And, right. And, uh, Mike Houston said, look, you could be our third down back. We could possibly use you. So they switched him. Obviously, they got a, a whole bunch of running back transfers and good recruits in. And so he got lost in the shuffle there. They put him back to wide receiver, and that's really more of his natural fit. Brian North joining us on the Pirate Radio Live line. Uh, Chase Elliott, the winner in uh, Nashville. I guess that almost went into Monday morning, Brian, with a lot of delays there in Nashville. Now it's Road America uh, in Wisconsin, so that'll be coming up Sunday, July the 3rd. How much uh, you were my my NASCAR guy. You've kind of gone away from it. Are you following it at all this year? Yeah, when you went to Jordan Andrews as your NASCAR expert, I just oh, I see, I see what happened there. Yeah, uh, what, what's the point? Now, no, I uh, yeah, it's it's one of those something's got to give at some point, and so when two kids come along, NASCAR was. <laughs> but I, I check back in, 
And so when you get a race that finishes late Sunday, I put it in my Monday morning sports cast, so then I actually know something about it. There you go. Um, so those those times I do. And so Chase Elliott, who is always a reminder, his mom grew up and was a New Bern High School graduate. And so we, we claimed Chase in eastern North Carolina, even though he took all those. Did you see his recent picture with his trophies? He got the Georgia Bulldogs trophy, the Atlanta Braves trophy, his uh, NASCAR trophy, and took a, had a big photo spread with all the trophies that are now in Georgia. And I know there's a lot of people that, and it happens when you have a, a you know a famous last name and a dad. But there's a lot of people that uh, you know think he's kind of a, a silver spoon. And I know when they see that picture with all those trophies, they just you know <laughs> puke on their computer screens. <laughs> Look, he's he's got talent, just like Dale Earnhardt Jr. and many other guys yeah. uh, with a, a name that is well known. The path is sometimes a little easier. But you still got to get out there, and you still got to win. That's 15 career wins for him. Junior ended up yeah. not many more, and uh, Chase has a championship, and so, um, and he's still just getting started. I, I think he still has, has his best racing is still out there. He's at the peak of his career right now. So, on road courses are right up his alley. So we'll see how he does in Elkhart. Brian North joining us. North, uh, speaking of local sports, uh, you know, we talk about the the Woodbat Summer League, and and you've got some of those here in the in the state of North Carolina. But how about as far as as racing goes? I haven't heard much from it lately. But how about like local tracks, local weekend stuff? And I know you can't get out there like you uh, you maybe once could. But is that stuff still going on around here? Oh, more than ever right now. I don't know if Robertsonville is still going as strong as it used to. In fact, that's the Robertsonville track is where I met the musical group Parmalee, and you came from. They were singing okay. the anthem there many, many years ago. But um, I, I will tell you that the Carteret County Speedway in the western part of the county, they're going strong. They bring in a lot of NASCAR legends throughout the year. Nice. Um, uh, you've got uh, in Jacksonville, Coastal Plains Raceway is going pretty good. You've got uh, the track out there on I-95 in Kenley. Uh, I think they're still going strong. I could be wrong, but... So they're out there, and uh, and then you know guys will travel to Myrtle Beach, obviously, and some other places. But no, the, the tracks are still out there, and really it all comes down to how well they promote themselves. Brett Kennedy does a good job of getting out to the Carteret County Speedway. They he's developed a good relationship with them, so we get out there on some uh, weekends where it's possible. But yeah, it's out there. But most of them are asphalt tracks. You don't find the dirt tracks as much as you used to as back in the day. Brian North joining us. Good stuff, North. Hope you have a uh, good week with your family. Good July 4th week. We are off next week, so we'll reconvene sometime uh, in July and talk with you again. But uh, we appreciate it, man, and uh, hope you enjoy your 4th. All right. What are you eating? What's your food of choice? Food of choice. I'm a, uh, I am always say this, uh, burgers, dogs, that's fine, but I, I'm a brat guy. Give me some brats on a bun with some mustard, and I'm good to go. Are, is is Clip a light his own fireworks off guy, or just watch somebody else's? Party? Nah, I'd rather watch. <laughs> In fact, I'd just rather not be a part of it at all. But <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, I'll watch. I don't want a Jason Pierre Paul situation. I could see myself stumbling into that. So, are you anti firework guy? Uh, no. It's uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm on the fence. I, I don't care one way or the other. Okay. You're ambivalent about America. I got it. Okay. <laughs> Have a 4th of July weekend, Clippy. All right. Brian North calling me non-American as we enter the uh, July 4th holiday. Uh, thank you, Brian, for joining us. We'll take a break. Come back. More to go. Pirate Radio Live here on a Friday. Back with you after this.
Bring it back. Come on. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Did you miss the show on Pirate Radio? Listen to all of Pirate Radio's archived local programming by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or Spotify. Subscribe today by going to the podcast app on your iPhone or Apple device and search for Pirate Radio Audio Archives. Now let's head back into PRL. Here is Cliff Rock. We had a listener come up and uh, pick up his prize today, John. And when he was picking it up, he said, man, I love the five-second game. So we got to take another break, but we got like three minutes. So let's play a quick round of the five-second game. We in? Yeah, let's let's do, do it. it. All right, Chandler, name a... Um, Name a movie actor whose first or last name begins with the letter B. Uh, that begins or that begins with the letter B. Quit stalling. Uh, let's go with, I don't know. All right. I was thinking Brad Pitt, you're out. CJ, name a head NFL coach, past or present, whose name starts with the letter J. Uh, J, 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 J first guy that came into my oh jimmy johnson got it just before Woo. the time ended all right um clip let's go current professional basketball player starts with the letter f first or last name frank kaminsky yep that's what i was going for. hey i followed him or, or i'm asking him to follow me all right cj name a um current nfl quarterback First or last name begins with the letter L. L. And Dang it. Lamar Jackson oh, was no. on my brain. All right, we got time for one more. Start it out, Chandler. Uh, clip. What? Name a college basketball coach. Okay. That starts with the letter J. Jackson, Jefferson, Jason johnny john thompson the third is he still active no how do you, is he not no okay i was thinking jay wright he's not active so did i say, did I say active yep oh you're out all right uh so i'm out <laughs> yeah well or i get to go again at least all right who cares just go go y'all too no i'm out go ahead all right uh cj name a nba star from the past not lebron a, james not not a star but an nba player from the past that starts with the letter h h um oh hakeem the dream full name hakeem olajuwon that's who, right. that's who i was thinking all right go all right, let's go away from sports. Country starts with the letter F. Country? Country. Uh, France. Or, uh, <laughs> or, uh, 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 Are you saying an it, answer? I don't know. That's it. Is that I, it? France? Taylor, yeah. you suck at this game. What is wrong with you? I just want to get this over with so we can take a break. All right, let's take a break. See, we'll come <laughs> <Damn>. back. 
I mean, I'm not a curse. We ain't got time for these damn silly games. We got a damn show to do. We got a break to take, and we're about to take it right now. All right. Send us a break. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Alright, we're going to talk to you again live on July 11th, but we got some best of shows coming up next week, so... Stay tuned for those. A lot of great interviews, segments of the past, uh, a lot of football talk, Are You Smarter Than Wes, and a whole lot more coming your way during our best ofs next week on Pirate Radio Live. Enjoy your fourth. Enjoy the next week, and uh, we'll reconvene again live with you coming up on Monday, July the 11th. For the Chan Man, for Siege, and the crew here at Pirate Radio, I'm Clip Rock. We'll talk to you then. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.